Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn, Opelika, and surrounding areas. I am Brooks Childress. Welcome to Sports Call on a Monday uh, here in mid-October. I am not Ryan LaVoy, as you can tell. Uh, he is off today. Went to his uh, Bucks game yesterday down in Tampa, so he'll be back with us tomorrow for a brand new episode of Sports Call Auburn. I am filling in today, as I've done many Mondays here in the football season, uh, but uh, I am here. I got Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy joining me here today. We've got a great show coming up for you. We're going to get into the Auburn football game uh, down on the bayou against LSU. Uh, we'll break that down. Hugh Freeze already met with the media today uh, about or heading into this Ole Miss weekend back at home with a stripe the stadium game for the Auburn Tigers. And so we'll, uh, we may touch on a little bit of what he said today, but mostly we're, we're going to be talking about uh, what happened on Saturday with Auburn and LSU. We'll look at some uh, the rest of the world around Auburn athletics. We'll also talk college football, obviously. Big weekend in the SEC, big weekend around college football. A lot of big-time games going down over the weekend. Uh, the Atlanta Falcons took a loss on the weekend as well. We'll talk about them uh, a little bit, touch on them in the NFL a little bit, uh, and then so much more. We, anything that you guys want to talk about out there, give us a call at 334-887-341 locally or toll-free at one 888 tiger 9 to get on the orthopedic clinic phone line and give us your thoughts and opinions this afternoon. Like I said, I am Brooks Childress. Uh, had a good weekend. Went to a pumpkin patch this weekend nice. with, with the wife. Uh, my obligatory uh, mid middle of the football season. The Patriots play at 3 o'clock yesterday, so we've got some time to go to a pumpkin patch in the middle of October. Uh, and so did that. That was that was uh, that was fun. Uh, and uh, and yeah, I'm still in deep depression from the Patriots game yesterday. So how are you guys doing? Where's this pumpkin patch at? Uh, the place where we got married, the farm at Rocky Top down in Salem. Not a sponsor, okay. but shout out to to uh, the folks down there. They okay. do a great job. Might have to go check that out yeah. sometime. Uh, nah, I'm doing good. It was a good weekend. Uh, not a good weekend for Auburn football, but a uh, good weekend uh, overall. I mean, some great uh, college games, some great NFL games, a lot of upsets in the NFL yesterday. Um. But uh, yeah, I mean, just overall, a, overall a good weekend. Uh, kind of mixed with a little bit of work, a little bit of relaxation, a uh, little bit of cooking, a little bit of fun. Yeah, it's just a good weekend overall. Unless you're, <laughs> unless you're like Auburn football. Yeah, that was not a good weekend. It was not. We will get into the nuts and bolts of that uh, game here in just a minute. But first, Brent, how are you doing today? I'm all right, man. Uh, like you said, we'll get we'll get into Auburn football in a little bit. There's a lot to talk about there, so I'll save my, my thoughts on that until, you know, the proper moments. But overall, a good weekend. I pretty much just sat at home, did schoolwork, and watched football for two straight days. And that was good because I had a lot of stuff that I needed to get done and a lot of football that I wanted to watch. Great weekend in college football. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's shaping up to be a really fun season 
of college football, uh, excluding Auburn, which I understand is the main focus here. But if you're just a fan of the sport of college football, we're being kind of spoiled this year. It feels like uh, once a week there's at least one great game that gets played. This past weekend it was Oregon-Washington, and uh, you know, I'm sure we'll touch on that game a little bit, but an incredible incredible game mm-hmm. between those two teams. Both of them obviously really, really good. The Pac-12, man, they're going out with a bang, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch. But, yeah, uh, good weekend overall. Also, uh, postseason baseball still going on. I know the Braves Is are it? out of it. Uh, but eh, you don't the, care. You had the Rangers. <laughs> you had, for folks that do, you had the Rangers take game one against the Astros last night, two to nothing. Uh, they play their game two here in just a few minutes. I believe the 3.30 is about the first pitch time between those two. The Phillies and the Diamondbacks will, will uh, uh, get things started in the NLCS coming up here in, uh, in tonight. But, uh, Brent, I, I don't know how much baseball you paid attention to this weekend, but uh, but the, the CSs are starting to get going here. Yeah, I... Uh I haven't been on the show since the Braves got him, got eliminated. I, I haven't so, either. So I, I will say pretty. I'll, I'll keep my opinions brief. That sucked. Let's do it again better this uh, next year. Because um, I'm not. I'm really not sure in what ways the team can be majorly improved. I think. I think there's a spot for another pitcher or two for sure. Um, maybe Soroka gets back to his form. I, I think there are a lot of contributors on this team that can that can. Uh, contributors that can contribute in the regular season but uh I, I think that as far as playoff ready pitchers i think the braves really showed that they only had two um and obviously charlie morton missed it with injury but you know i, I think the pitching rotation can get better i think the bullpen i mean you can always get better bullpen help right that's kind of the the major theme of baseball is the bullpen can always get better so obviously there but as far as the lineup I, i'm not sure what improvements can be made i think you've got a left field spot that could come open this year um, and could be replaced by somebody. So I don't know, maybe get a new DH, but overall I think, do you want to try and upgrade at shortstop? I think there's some things that the Braves can do in the off season, um, but not a ton. I'm, I'm really not sure in what ways you can make this offense better because you, there's the argument that it was the best offense in the history of baseball and it just didn't show up in the postseason. And we, I've offered my thoughts about the postseason structure already, so I'm not going to rehash that. But as far as, uh, baseball outside of being played by the Atlanta Braves, I haven't cared at all. I honestly that I know everybody hates the Astros and I kind of hate the Astros too, but I'm not losing sleep over it. I'm not spending my time watching it, so uh, I'm not going to act like I have an opinion. Other uh, headlines from today before we get to this Auburn football game. The AP poll released their preseason basketball poll today. A few SEC teams in the mix. Auburn not in the top 25. We'll talk about that coming up. They were receiving votes, though, uh, for the AP poll preseason, uh, uh, the preseason poll, the first poll of the season uh, from the AP before we get started here in about another month before basketball tips off for the season. But uh, we'll talk about that in just a little bit. But right now, let's dive into this Auburn football game before we hit our first break here. Uh, here's how it went down in Baton Rouge on Saturday. I'm sure everybody knows how it went down, but just to recap things, that game kicked off off about 6 11 p.m and shortly thereafter malik neighbor scored his uh his touchdown his only touchdown of the night but 29 yard pass from Jaden daniels uh followed that up by a ramos field goal a few minutes later to make it 10 nothing 
And then right at the end of the first quarter, Emory Jr. rushed in from two yards out to make it 17 to nothing into the first quarter. Auburn would respond in the second quarter. Jerquez Hunter would carry it in from two yards out, uh, make it 17-7. to And then Ramos, uh, Ramos would hit a 35-yard field goal to make it 20-7 to going into halftime. Auburn would come out the gates, look a little more promising on the first drive. They'd kick a field goal to make it 20-10. to But then LSU would uh, strike right back. Lacey, a 25-yard touchdown pass from Daniels to make it 27-10. to And then Williams, a 13-yard pass from Daniels to make it 34-10. to Auburn would try a rally in the fourth quarter. Brandon Frazier would catch a three-yard touchdown pass from Robbie Asher to make it 34-18. But then LSU would lean back. It would be Diggs from five yards out to make it 41-18. And Williams, a one-yard rushing touchdown for the Tigers, the Bayou Tigers, to make it 48-18 was the final. Three hours and 17 minutes inside of Death Valley. And mostly all of it. There were moments that Auburn looked feasible, but... Mostly, it was the Bayou Bengals that dominated the night. Uh, I think a big story of the evening was quarterback rotation a little bit uh, and your inability to get any sort of cohesiveness going on offense all night. Yeah, yeah the, everybody knew how good LSU's offense was. The fact that they were able to put up points was not a surprise. I thought that maybe Auburn's defense could put up a little bit better fight. Uh, Hugh Free said it himself. They didn't show up with the effort that they have in the past and, and giving up. 48 points, I don't care who you're giving it up to, is going to be embarrassing. The much bigger problem came on the offensive side of the ball. That It, it looks directionless at the moment. There, There is no... I, it, there, there are buzzwords I could use like identity. Um, but really, just right now, it's not working. What you're doing just is not flat. Flat out is not working. And I understand that you want to try to introduce the Hugh Freeze offense with the players you have right now. But the fact is, the roster is not built for it. I'm not convinced it's going to work anyway, but I know for a fact that you do not have the pieces to make that successful. Because if you can't make it work against LSU's defense, one of the worst in the country, much less the conference, it's not going to work against anybody else that you play this year. Um, the, the passing attack that Hugh Freeze is trying to deploy right now does not have it. People are keying in on the running game, and it's not working because they don't have to respect the passing game at all because either the receivers drop it or they can't get open or Peyton Thorne throws a bad ball or it's it's an easy-to-see-coming play. There's just a lot of things that right now are not working, and that is why we've said it for the past couple of weeks. Maybe it's time to just go to the Robbie Ashford offense, just basically start running the wing tee out of the shotgun. Because when when Robbie Ashford is in there, that is the only time that the offense is showing any real progress. No, it's not going to win you a national championship. It never will. Even when you have really good players, that offense is not going to be a type that wins you the conference, that wins you a title. But, man, it is worlds better than what you're deploying on the field right now. And I think that this was the game where if there was a chance – where Auburn's passing attack was going to come together and you were going to look like a 21st century offense and you were going to be multidimensional. This was the defense you were going to do it against because uh, I believe it's in FBS, LSU has the 121st ranked passing defense in America. For reference, there are 130 FBS teams. So out of 130, they are 121st. That's not very good. And the fact that you couldn't get it going against that group suggests to me you're just not going to get it going right now. 
So abandon that because it's not getting better and just go to Robbie Ashford and run whatever 2002 offense you want to run because that's the only thing that's having any real success right now. Robbie did complete a very long pass to uh, to Brandon Fraser, who, by the way, had by far the best game of his career. He caught two passes. Um, but still just a – or, well, three because he caught the two-point conversion as well. But overall, it's just not working on offense right now, and it, it's time to step back and recognize – what you're doing is not good enough, and it's time to try something different. Yeah. Um, so, that, so I mean, when LSU came out of the gate and, and went four plays, 75 yards, and scored, it's like, okay, uh, we've seen that happen. But then as soon as the offense comes out and goes three and out, it, it just it felt like it was about to be a long day. You got a false start from your senior guard yeah. uh, before you ever took a first snap. He's one of your team captains. He's been here for forever. That's the kind of operational stuff that I mean, taking the timeouts because you can't get the plays in fast enough. Right. Uh, not getting the right personnel on the field in time. So many false starts, and I understand it's Death Valley. It does that to everybody, but you got to have better out of your seniors. Right. But Auburn's also been doing that all season long. Yeah. So yeah, also that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it felt like it was going to be a long day. Like I said, they go four. I mean, four plays, and I mean, they made it look really, really easy. And then of course. Offense comes out, immediate incompetency, three and out, defense is right back on the field. And it just – it, yeah, I mean, it felt like it got away from them quick and then there was never really any bounce back. Yeah, there were a couple of drives that Auburn made here and there, but just overall LSU just dominated that game. And, I mean, it really showed the the talent gap between the two right there. And, I mean, that's something that Hugh Freeze has been talking about, that they just don't have the talent right now. And – you know, going to the offensive side of things, that's that's the biggest problem is the talent gap is there. Peyton Thorne has just not worked out. Um, he missed. Uh, he missed on that one. That, that is has been an abject failure. Um, I agree. I think it probably is time to to move on from that and maybe let it let Robbie run things. I'm disappointed to say because I really had high expectations for Peyton Thorne that they could get some semblance of the passing game going, but. Like Brant said, if it was going to happen, it was going to happen against LSU. But now it's also not all Peyton Thorne. Receivers are having trouble getting open. The offensive line still having trouble giving good protection. Um, uh, some issues with play calling. I, you know, I I understood what they were trying to do uh, early on the the quick passes, but. Uh, you just you're not able to you're not able to break tackles when you catch those little short passes, which are is key to get down the field. There's a couple other times you've got a swing pass out there and you're relying on somebody to make a block and they just can't block. Uh, it just it's a a combination of so many things on the offense that just makes it just so inept. Um, and it's frustrating, but it's also kind of expected because again the roster is so thin. But uh, this is one of those for Auburn. You just kind of got to put it in the rearview mirror and move on. Uh, you still have some winnable games ahead of you. Uh, you know, this Ole Miss game coming up is going to be rough. It It is fortunate you get them at kind of a, a night game in Jordan-Hare Stadium. So you have that advantage going for you. Defense is going to have to improve big time over what we saw against LSU because Ole Miss is another team that can put up bukus of points. And obviously with this offense, you don't want to get in a shootout. I mean, you're you're trying to hold teams to maybe 21 points. <clears throat> and so 
Ole Miss is not a team that typically does that. But uh, yeah, uh, it burns. It's but it's it's an expected burn, and it's one of those things that people are just going to have to realize that uh, it, it, times will get better. The recruiting is, is on a positive upswing right now. You've still got plenty of other opportunities in the transfer portal. The expectations, if you had expectations that you were going to win the SEC or anything this year, then you're out of your daggum mind. Um, that's why everybody had Auburn picked at six wins, seven wins, some even at five wins. And that's about what they look like right now. They look like about a six-win team. And um, they're still on pace for that. I Like I said, Mississippi State is very winnable. Obviously, New Mexico State is winnable. Um, Arkansas looks winnable, but you're going to have to do that in Fayetteville. Uh, and then, of course, you got Alabama. Um, you know, it's gonna, it's rough, but... Vandy. Oh, in Vandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. You got the Vandy game, which should be a win. But, I mean, even then, they've, they've been keeping people close. So, uh, it, it's it's the growing pains, man. It's the growing pains of, of roster depletion over the last several years that is just really handcuffed Hugh Freeze and what he's able to do. 48-18, to 18, LSU took down the Auburn Tigers in Baton Rouge on Saturday. Let's head to our first break here. When we come back, we head to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line for your phone calls and more talk about these Auburn Tigers as they finish up a LSU week, head into an Ole Miss week where they face another top offense in the SEC. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brent Daughtry joined me today. Your weather update is in this break, and then we'll be right back with more Sports Call right after this. Want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is former Auburn football player Danny Skutak, and you are listening to the Abbey Award-winning Sports Call Auburn. Welcome back. Sports Call on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childers, Brant Daughtry, Tom Beebe joining me in studio today. I'm filling in for Ryan LaVoy. He'll be back with you tomorrow. I'll be back tomorrow. Tom will be back tomorrow as well. He got to see the creamsicles live. He did. And got and, to you know, see them he, get their butts beat. He's not a big creamsicle. He's not. He is anti-creamsicle. But when I turned it over to that game and I had it on the TV... They looked good. Oh my gosh! It's if I was so good looking. if I was a Bucks fan, I'd be. I would have bought a T-shirt that day, a creamsicle yeah. T-shirt. Maybe I would have bought I, a jersey. It, for me, for me, is such nostalgia because mm. that's that's what I grew up watching. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, I, I'm I'm a uniform nerd. Sure. I'm a uniform and helmet nerd. I, I love the aesthetics of of uniforms and all like that. I love. Uh, a bright color palette on a team and yeah. that's why it, it always bothers me when people when people huh, it's not people when teams um when teams that have kind of a vibrant look to them decide yeah. to go all black and it's like why like yeah. why you know i get it it's menacing okay but man it's like it, your uniform looks so good why why go 
so dark. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just I'm not into the dark color uniform thing, but um very nostalgic to see the Buccaneers and the Cream Sickles and uh uh Falcons in the red. Yeah. Um now I, I would I would prefer I would love to see the Falcons go back to the red helmet and red jersey like I grew up uh-huh. with and see that. But uh you know, now uh, New York Giants, they had their throwback they song that looked, really looked like the Lawrence Taylor era. Yeah. So uh, some some good stuff there. Patriots have already brought out their their throwbacks yeah. once before. And then I, I think they're doing it at least one more time. At least one year. more time. And then I know the Tennessee Titans have the Oilers throwback yeah. that they're going to be coming. I can't Ho- wait to see that. Cause Hopefully, that's, with, uh, with, you know, the NFL kind of laxing off on the uniform restrictions, because, you know, that was the thing. Like, right. they couldn't wear throwbacks. It had to be, you have to wear, you, you have a set of three uniforms or two mm-hmm. uniforms. Forms. This is what you do. And then a couple years ago, they did all those color rush stuff. Yeah. And then now they've kind of like they've gone back to all right. Now we can do some, you know y'all can we're gonna let off y'all can do some throwback stuff. Hopefully you know teams will start diving more into their uh, their history collections and do you know like the Falcons like you said do that red red helmet red jerseys a little bit. Yeah. Maybe you you know you'll see some other teams go back and and do do some in- more interesting right. stuff. And I know most of the teams try to do their throwbacks at home. Yeah. Uh, for their home fans, but I definitely want to see a, a throwback versus throwback. You, you know? know, Dallas and Detroit always do a throwback on Thanksgiving. Yeah. I would love it if on those two games this year the road team wore their throwback so it's a throwback on throwback on thanksgiving mm-hmm. that would be that would be a pretty yeah. cool sight yeah very very nostalgic for me being a kid that grew up through the 80s watching nfl mm-hmm. football to see these 80s era uniforms coming back and uh yeah it's just it it, it warms my heart to see the creamsicles and the uh the uh the patriots with the 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 patriot logo on the helmet uh seeing the oilers logo coming back with the titans and uh yeah, man. Yeah, I just love it. Uh, I've got a list here of some superlatives and some uh, some positive notes from Auburn football this week. Oh, there were a few positives. There were a few positives. Uh, some of them I'm going to save for our five at five, but I'll give you one before we head to the uh, orthopedic clinic phone line. Uh, three Auburn Tigers got their first starts this weekend. First time starters for Auburn. Keldrick Falk, Caleb Wooden, and Caleb Burton III all had their first starts in an Auburn uniform this past week weekend and that is uh that's that's a positive from this weekend you get get some guys on the field that normally aren't starters but yeah. that i mean you know we we don't know what that's like we're not we're not ex auburn football players but you know you get recruited to a school and you finally get that first start under your belt and the the coaches trust you enough to put you in the starting lineup for a game especially a game as big as lsu and i know some of these are because there was some injuries at other positions but the the fact that the coaching staff trust the uh trusted those guys and they knew that and they got to start that must be a great feeling. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, and it's good to be able to get some sort of a positive out of what was just a terrible, terrible mm-hmm. game. So, yeah, it's good to get those guys some starts. And, uh, I mean, they're guys that you're going to have to rely on down the road. And so get them in there, get them to playing time, throw them in the fire, if you will, and uh, get it going. That's right. Uh, all of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online at theorthoclinic.com for more information. 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, 1-888-9-TIGER-9 is how you get on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. First, we'll take a trip down to South Alabama, and it is... Ward Dam Steve. Retired Ward Dam Steve joining us on a Monday. Steve, how are you? How was your weekend? Well... Uh, thankfully, I'm still recovering from a heavily uh, sedation, so whatever I say today may 
make even less sense than normal. <laughs> we'll so, we'll uh, keep an eye out. Good afternoon, you guys, uh, Tom and uh, Brent. Uh, you know, given the real horrors of what's going over in the Middle East, uh, what happened Saturday night's game uh, is really uh, uh, just uh, I mean, uh, a minor uh, event. However, this is a sports call show, so uh, let's talk about uh, the horror called uh, Auburn LSU game, right? That's right. Okay, well, why don't we start with this quote, and I love it. The quote goes something like this. We looked like zombies a bit on the sideline after that, and it kind of snowballed. But no real earth-shaking personnel changes this week. Just trying to get the best plan that our kids understand that they can execute with who we have. That's the system. But we've got to figure it out if that's who we really are. We've got to figure out if that's who we really are. Wow, those are really encouraging words, aren't they? Yeah. Gee, my knee. Uh, you know, guys, I know I said I had these dreams of uh, I was winning by a 63-yard field goal. Well, obviously, uh, uh, my, my Nostradamus dreams uh, have no impact on the real uh, case of things. But I want to bring this to your attention because I said, wow, you know, is he really going to keep saying this stuff over and over and over again? And he, it, uh, what I'm referring to is he uh, he makes some comments uh, after after the game, uh, alluding to you know basically well you know uh, we in fact he even said I didn't know if we could win the game, but I thought we might have a chance, uh, and then goes on and then talks about how you know they're still struggling because of. Uh, the, the the talent apparently is really not what it needs to be, and how much better, you know, LSU's teams are. I said, damn, you know, you might want to say that, you know, privately to the coaches or to the maybe to the players. But why does he keep doing this publicly, guys? Or am I just too thin-skinned on those comments? I, uh, I, you know, honestly, I, I'm not, Steve. I'm not going to say you're too thin-skinned, um, but. I like the honesty. Um, oh, I like the honesty, but man, he's done it over a hundred times now. It's it's getting old. Well, I mean, he's a, we all know we all know that the talent isn't at the level it needs to be. But do you have to keep repeating it every damn time you lose? Well, I mean, I, I mean, I, he, I, I don't know that you have to just keep repeating it, but I mean, that's what it is. But he's doing I, I mean, it. He keeps doing it. Well, I know, but I mean, he, that, again, he's just he's he's telling the truth. I mean, he's he's repeating the truth. I mean, I, I don't know if you just don't want to hear the truth or what, but I mean, I would we rather I would ra- I would so rather we have to keep telling it. I, but I would rather that than just the mumbo jumbo coach speak and like the stuff that we used to hear coming out of Gus Malzahn's mouth all the time, which that was the repeated stuff all the time. It was just all that, that him and Holland and whatever that same repeated jargon BS that would always come out of his mouth. It, at least you freeze is he's telling the truth. I mean, it's also uh, part of it. I think is also with the fans of trying to like, Hey, listen, I know you're mad. Calm down. You gotta understand that we are behind the eight ball here. I mean, it's kind of that thing. He's trying to he's trying to keep people calm down, and instead of them ready to start bringing out the torches and pitchforks for his job already. So I don't have a problem with it. I he's he's just telling the truth. He's telling it like it is, and I prefer that over just the kind of whatever coach speak that a lot of guys do. Well, if you're gonna say that, 
that, you know, in fact, here's another quote from him uh, from the uh, post-conference. Quote, we had no answers. Okay, uh, why not? Uh, they beat us every way that you could. We have to own everything that is on that field. This will test us. Football does that. I didn't think we fought as hard. Okay, uh, you talk about your players now, but that's something I've got to own. It's my job, okay? Uh, this is the sixth damn game of the season. Uh, how come you haven't figured this crap out yet? You know, and, and that's a that's a good question. I, you know, I I feel like you know. He, is this Hugh Freeze? I mean, is this uh, Gus Malzahn? me, two point oh, as my son says. I you know I, I think time will only tell. Um, you know, you, you look at this. I feel like when you go back to you know the what what you were bringing up a little bit earlier about the the talent gap, feels like he may be you know he, every time he says it, I, I agree with Tom. It's it's you know try to you know you know let you know let the fans know, let the let the supporters know that hey you know we're we're still not there. Like you know give, give us you know please be patient. But also I feel like it's a it's a message that he sends out every single week uh, after a loss to the recruits out there that he's working with that says hey. Our talent's not there. You can make it better, and you know if you can get you bring bring you here, and you can uh, help this talent get better. And that that's that's my take is that it, it's it's a okay. message toward the toward the recruits to kind of uh, kind of say, hey, we're you know our talent's not where it needs to be, and then you can make it where it needs to be. Well, I hope I hope that your perspective is the one that our wide receiver recruits are taking because yeah. if I'm a five star four star recruit receiver, and I'm looking at this. SHIT show of uh, Saturday night, uh, and the quarterbacks they've got. Am I really wanting to go to that team? Yeah, and you know that that's a that is a, that's a good point. I mean, you know that that's the one thing that does attract um, attract wide receiver recruits is a really good quarterback. But you know, you're you're out here, you're you're trying to recruit quarterbacks too, um, and so I, I don't know, I, you know, and it's if you don't think that uh, if you know internally, if you don't think that Peyton or Robbie is your is your future and you're looking forward to, you know, when, when Walker White gets here uh, or, you know, someone down the line here or, or someone in the portal, who knows, you know, someone jumps in the portal that say, that's our guy. Uh, you know, I, I just don't know what you do different the quarterback position then if, you, if you're not convinced that either of these guys are your future. Okay. Again, you guys know I've never coached uh, in my life. However, I'm sitting there yelling, don't do it, and he does it. We have a good, I thought, you know, uh, series going with Robbie Ashford. Yeah. For a beautiful 39-yard pass uh, to, is it, uh, uh, Brandon Frazier. Right? Yeah. Okay. But apparently that's not damn good enough because we're going to throw in Thorne again. So the, I, I think the, the thought process there was with time running out in the half, you knew you weren't going to be able to make it to the end zone in time with the running game. I, I – I'm with you that Robbie Ashford seems to be the more productive quarterback. I don't know if he's the better quarterback, but certainly the offense they run with him is more productive. Um, I see a spark, the, Brent. I see a spark in the, in the, uh, in the team as a whole when uh, Robbie Ashford comes in. I don't see I, it with Peyton Thorne. I, I don't know if I see a spark. I just see a competent offense. Um, which is, like you're saying, world's better than what Peyton Thorne can offer. I will say that that pass that Robbie Ashford threw to Brandon Frazier, yes, it was caught, and yes, it was the right decision. I don't think it was that good of a pass because Brandon no. Frazier was open and Robbie threw it to the wrong spot. Uh, uh, Frazier had 
inside leverage on that corner. He had him beat going to the sideline. You throw it more to the left of the field. There's nobody else back there. You have room to throw it to that wide side. Uh, Robbie ended up throwing it farther down the field, which allowed the DB to catch up and made it a tougher catch than it even should have been. So to call that pass beautiful, it was complete. It was not perfect. But uh, you've, Robbie Ashford has, throw, has shown that he is maybe not a great passer, maybe not even a good one, but competent enough. And, and like like we are saying right now, that the Peyton Thorne offense just is not working right now. Go with Robbie and say, hey, we'll be better next year. Because I mean, to, to your point, I have not been thrilled with as much as Hugh Freeze has trotted out, well, we just don't have the players yet. Uh, and, and I understand why he's saying that, and very clearly that is an issue. Um, I do not buy that it is the only issue. Uh, I think there's been a lot of coaching decisions that I disagree with so far this year. But I, I, I do understand that the roster is not great. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think that this, this year is pretty much a wash, and we all kind of thought it would be. And it's time to start winning the games you can and looking as good as you can rather than trying to be, hey, this is, the ty- this is the type of team that we want to run in the future. Be, be who you are right now and be really good next year. That's, okay. that's, this, if this is year zero, then treat it like year zero. Be a proof of concept team. Say, hey, this is what we want to do. We're going to expand on it later. And I, that's what Hugh Freeze should be doing. Instead, he's trying to show this is the entire offense he wants to run and one, I don't like the plays that are being called at times, and two, you just don't have the horses for it right now. So riddle be this. What All is right. the definition of insanity? Depends on who you ask, but I think what you're going to go for is trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. Exactly. And he keeps doing it. In fact, he says he's going to keep doing it because he's asked. Uh, Jason Caldwell had it on his uh, mailbag this morning, a uh, Monday morning quarterback. He said they're going to continue doing the we'll switch about when we don't know what the hell else else to do, I guess. But how do you have any degree of, of, of rhythm when you put in Robbie Asher for two plays and then, nope, we're going to put in Thorne now. Uh, you don't. Because, you don't. Because why? Because why? Uh, we don't even know why it's done. I mean, Okay, because you, you want to be able to throw the football. That's why they're doing it, but they well, can't. He it. Hey, he, he made a two-point pass uh, when he was being rushed uh, to Brandon Frazier again. Um, he threw. That's uh, not the toughest pass you know, in the world. Okay, well they can be. I've seen them. Hey, in the NFL, they don't do it that high, uh, that often either. Uh, but uh, you know, I, I just I don't get it. You know, let. How about this? You know, again, I haven't coached in my life, but why don't you let Robbie Ashford or Payton? Have a damn series. That's just them, okay? Let them have. Well, I feel I feel like Thorne has to to the point that we're trying to make here. I feel like Peyton Thorne has had those opportunities. Yeah, Robbie, Robbie. has not. Well, not he Robbie. he has, but not nearly as much. And I like we're saying, I would give Robbie those chances at this point. Stephen, I'll I'll say this: the times that Robbie comes out has come out and started a drive. If, if things were clicking, then they would keep Robbie in there. I, I firmly believe that. Um, but it fizzles out, and then they go back to go back to Peyton Thorne. Now, I'm, I'm one of those. Well, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't like, I don't like switching you it know, out. Thorne came in and threw three incompletions in a row. What he gets sacked on. Okay? He looks scared as all get out, intimidated. I don't see that for Robbie. Okay, now Robbie may make a stupid decision, but he goes. He he goes. He 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 does it. He doesn't stand around. He looks scared. 
Well, I, I, I don't see scared out of Peyton uh, Thorne. I just see and not very well, good. Yeah, he I, looks intimidated. Well, I see, very, like uh, I, I see, I see, I see uncomfortable. I don't see scared. I with Peyton Thorne, I see not very good, but I also see not very good around him as well. Okay, speed not very good around him. Uh, was the coaches not telling the guys, you know, when they were off the field, don't let Perkins come back loose again? And there he goes. Here comes Perkins for LSU. He sacks him again. How how is he not being defended, guys? Yeah, well, the thing is, that's been a problem for Auburn all year. If you do, if you line up covering a slot receiver and you come on a blitz, Auburn has not blocked all year uh, at that spot. And, and Harold Perkins is one of those guys. You got to know where he is, but the fact is, Auburn has allowed that all season long. And when you allow a guy like Harold Perkins that kind of free reign, he's going to be a program. He's going to be a game plan destroyer. So you've got to. You've got to do better than they've been doing so far. That, that's well, Brent, that is that is a scheme thing. That is on coaching. The fact that it, if it happened if it happened once in one game and they had fixed it, then yeah, that may be on the players. The fact that it's a repeated issue that is to blame on the scheme. Yeah, I mean, if I were, if it was me and I saw that lane open, I could have gotten through uh, to, to Peyton Thorne. I mean, I said I couldn't believe it. He was just there was nobody in, 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 in the vicinity. He just came through untouched. Yeah, he he came on a delayed blitz and nobody accounted for it. No, it's a problem. It's just just bad, Steve. It's bad football. I mean, Auburn is a bad football team. I mean, they just are. Well, I was going to ask you guys: Are we that damn bad, or is LSU that damn good? No, we're we're that bad. Auburn Auburn is that bad on offense, and LSU is that good on offense. Gee, Monday, I would argue. And 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 of course, I said be repeated today. They were ranked 121st in pass defense. Oh, yeah. And we couldn't do anything. But, again, that's just the ineptness of the offense. I mean, and, again, it's not all on quarterback. There's, there's things with it's this. Not, it's not all on players either. Right, well, exactly. That's I'm, what I was going to say. Yeah. It's not all on guys, players. It's not all on the quarterback. It's not all better, on the players. Did you not expect a shot to did better uh, performance for the defense than what we saw Saturday night? I did. I, 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 I did expect better from the defense, at least as far as effort. I, I thought that they would hold on for a little while. I think LSU – was going to put up more than 30 just because LSU's offense is that good. I did not expect it to look that bad that quickly. But 17 to nothing, you can't say, well, they were worn out. No, that was the first damn quarter. No, no. I mean, LSU took four plays. And, I mean, they were getting big, huge chunk plays. And, I mean, you go through – How's that possible against a team that played so much better against Georgia? <laughs> they do it against everybody. That's yeah, the that, thing. Yeah. Yes, yes, Auburn looked bad on defense. But also, I mean, consider the source. And then special teams, guys. We were down by 10 points after uh, that series. We got the, the field goal with uh, Robbie Ashford. And what happens? Caleb Jackson. Yeah. I, so here's the is thing. Is he still running? Well, look, hold on. Here, here's the thing. I, if, there is a, if there has been a, a strong suit to this Auburn football team, I mean, special teams has not really been an issue. Um, 60 that, yards. Yeah, I mean, it happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's well, that's the sure first. That, that is the first major play that special teams has given up this year. Yeah. I, I'll accept one big play a season or two, right. whatever. That's not that's not a major concern right now. Okay. Wow. Um, I, I just it was a horror show. I had recorded for some damn stupid reason, and I deleted it after that. That nonsense. And hey, guys, you know, uh, I'm still thinking. Okay. Uh, what's what, what's the coaching staff? You know what were they doing for the past two damn weeks uh, when everybody was trying to get you know healed up again? And what were they thinking of uh, that was going to work against LSU? And 
we come out, like he said, like zombies. And then after the game was over, I saw some of the video clips of some of the players that they were interviewed. Did you hear what Santi Jackson, uh, well, what uh, uh, Santi said? No, what did he say? He said that they weren't juiced enough. That some of the players uh, just weren't juiced, uh, that they didn't put forth uh, their best effort. And I'm thinking, well, why the heck is that, Asante? Why would you not be juiced for coming in to LSU? It's going to be the last time you played them for a long time. Uh, why would you not be juiced up for it? In front of 102,000 fans? I don't know yeah, why. I, I, there, there's no one reason. I mean, it's probably a different reason for every guy. The atmosphere was just a little bit off. Again, it... it it happened. That's another, well, it just happens sometimes thing. It's not yeah, excusable. I get tired though, guys. Well, it happens. Well, here, here's the way. If, if, if you want a valid explanation, we could be here all day just throwing crap at the wall, but odds are we wouldn't get to the right answer. But but here, here's my thing, and I and this the whole idea of, uh, you know, weren't juiced enough or whatever. I, I think they were going into the game. You can't tell me that they weren't hyped up in the locker room and hyped up, but, you know, it's one of those that starts getting away from you and and they say seventeen nothing in the end of the first quarter will take some juice out of yeah, you. Yeah, that will take some juice out of you. And I and you know I, I don't think they just went into the game with just kind of a, a blase attitude. Uh, I'm sure they were hyped up and jumping around and rocking out in the locker room and just ready to get going. And, you know, once you get into the game and I mean things start getting away from you, then it yeah, you you start losing some of that gusto. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm just still uh, in, in, in awe of the comment that, you know, you've had two weeks, and this is what you come up with. And then we've got people, you know, we we, we uh, had to call timeout in order not to get a five-yard delay of penalty. And what happens when uh, we go back for the timeout? The center just snaps the ball, and Thorne is looking around, where well, what happened, you know? Yeah, that that that's yeah. A, that's one of those penalties. There's, that's the pre-snap, and it's it's. I'm not going to say it's fully unexcusable, but it, it's almost to the unexcusable point where it's like 102,000 people will make you uh will, will get loud and make you have some pre-snap penalties. But uh, it it's you know when like he said it today, the center thought there he heard a clap and there was no you you know there was no clap. And and I still got to ask you guys, how come our four guys can I get any kind of decent pass rush? Now, I thought I saw numerous holding calls that were never called, though, uh, on LSU. Uh, did you guys uh, see it differently, though? How'd they get away with just never having hardly any uh, holding calls being called? I, I didn't think that there was uh, – well, okay, I shouldn't say that. There were a couple that LSU got away with. I think there were also a couple that Auburn got away with. I think that – I'm saying this as a former offensive lineman, not at the SEC level, but a guy who has tried to pass block before. You can call holding on every single play if you want to. Sure. Some things you have to let go. I do think that LSU got away with a little bit, but I also think that Auburn's pass rush just hasn't been there all season long. They don't have an edge rusher right now. I, I mean, Elijah McAllister is a good edge edge setter he's not a good edge rusher uh, on first and second down when you're trying to set the edge on run plays he's fine but uh, he he's not going to do it like that uh Jaden McLeod is kind of your speed edge rush guy and he's so just too small to he's just too small he gets blocked he gets blocked by bigger tackles and that's what happens when you're when you have to get a guy from App State and that's why uh, that's why you're going and getting these five-star edge guys out of high school. These these young guys that Auburn's recruiting right now if they do end up signing with Auburn it's going to have to be 
these guys come in and they get to get they get to playing early because they will be the best option that Auburn has, especially at positions like edge rusher and wide receiver well, stuff like that. Guys, I just saw in here two forty seven that we've got a, a two thousand twenty five commitment uh, from a defensive lineman, Jardine Crawford, ranked fourteenth mm-hmm. yeah, out of Birmingham, Alabama. Yep. Yeah, the four star defensive tackle, and that's the other thing. You know, defensive tackles in this defense. They rush the passer, but you're not expecting your defensive tackles to get home. They need a guy coming off the edge. Uh, they need okay. they need a guy. They I think they call it a jack in this defense, but uh, an edge. They need a guy who plays the nine position, right? That edge guy. And right now they just don't have one. Uh, I thought that Keldrick Falk was going to be that guy, but because they were just so thin at defensive end, um, they had to put like 20 pounds on that kid and put his hand in the dirt and turns out it was a good decision to do so because Maziah Nasilakite went down two weeks ago and now Keldrick Falk is starting at that position and he might be the last the last line of res- reserve there. All right finally guys and you give me more enough time to that reserve. Uh, this is for you Tom. All right. Okay because you say you love to say it happens right? <laughs> right. Well it happened yesterday. What happened yesterday in the NFL? History. Never, never happened before. I know. I, I, oh, think well, I know it. was it. Well, I mean, the jet, the Jets, the Jets beat the Eagles for the first time in their franchise history. There you go. Yes, the New York Jets got their first win ever against the Eagles ever in, in their uh, franchise history. I think they've only ever played them thirteen other times, which yeah. is weird. That there's and, not a lot of crossover there, but yeah. I guess. So I didn't see, uh, but I said, "Wow, they did it!" And then I saw a real small, a real quick clip. Uh, that the Giants, were the Giants robbed on uh, a pass to the end zone, probably should have been a holding call. Yeah, there was there was quite a bit of a jersey tug there. That but, that entire yeah, game, I mean, I saying, listen, it, neither team deserved to win that game. That's yeah, the thing. Oh, yeah. That was a that was a that was a brutal game offensively, the, the just thing, awful to watch. The thing about it is, is they got the pass interference call on the play prior, and this was an untimed down, and so you had to do something. And there was quite a jersey pull, but you had to do something pretty egregious to get two in a row, to get two untimed downs there. So they already still, even the, uh, where they were at, they still couldn't score. Nope. And they did at the end of the first half too. They couldn't score okay. at, the, at the two yard line at, uh, no, at the end a, of the first half. That was a bad play call, yeah. or well, was bad, bad actually, it's a bad to say bad audible. Yeah, shouldn't say play call, well, bad audible. When I saw that thought of you, Tom, I said, "Yeah, yep, it happens, doesn't it?" It does, and and you saw the 49ers get beat uh, yep. this weekend. The Eagles get beat. Uh, there's a lot of upsets in the NFL this week. Well, my upsetness is almost over. I'm uh, slowly recovering from my uh, being sedated. So with that said, guys, you are definitely appreciated. Uh, I enjoyed it, and uh, I, I really like the banner. I love your, you know, you know, taking me on and saying, Steve, you know, you're just uh, looking things wrongly. Uh, because when, when I see the kind of crap that happened Saturday night, I said, damn, are we that damn bad? Is the talent that, that bad at Auburn? I didn't think it was, but I guess it is. Uh, it's, talent, talent's an, talent is an issue, and it's probably the biggest issue. It's certainly yeah. not the only issue. It's possible for multiple things to be true at once. Yep, it is. So with that said, guys, y'all have a safe afternoon and evening, and uh, I'll try to see if I can be less today tomorrow. With that, War Eagle, guys. War Eagle, Steve. That was retired War Dam Steve joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. I want to thank him for calling in. He calls in every single day. We'll enjoy talking to him. Uh, just about to wrap things up here on the first hour of the show, we'll go to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line on the other side of the break. It is 
Uh, Anthony is holding on. Anthony, keep holding. We'll get to you right after this top of the hour break. And of course, James from Montgomery is also sitting there waiting. We'll get to you in just a little bit. But that's going to do it for hour number one. I'm Brooks Childress, Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry also joining me here. We'll get to our top of the hour Tiger Communications sports report right here. And of course, two more hours of fun. You're listening to Sports Call on a Monday right here on Tiger 95.9. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back to Sports Call, hour number two getting underway. We had a nice football breakdown. Brant giving us some uh, some inside knowledge. The seven doesn't exist. The seven doesn't exist, and that's all you need to know. Tom Peavy, Brant Daughtry joining me on this Monday edition of Sports Call. I'm Brooks Shoulders filling in for uh, Mr. Ryan Lavoie, who is uh, making his way back from Tampa today slash tomorrow. We'll be back in time for the show tomorrow, though. Uh to, uh, to bring you a new episode of Sports Call tomorrow. Myself, Tom Peavy, will join him on that. We've had a good show so far. If you missed any of it, make sure you go back and listen to that on the Sports Call podcast. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned this earlier that I've got some superlatives for the day. I did this a few weeks ago when I hosted on Monday. Uh, we mentioned one. I'll go ahead and t- give you another one as we uh, get this hour started. Auburn has scored in 135 consecutive games, which is the second longest streak in school history. Yeehaw. So... It's been 135 games without being shut out by the Auburn football team, which is always a good thing. It's always, always a good thing. Uh, we'll start out hour number two by going back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971 and is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com. For more information, we'll stay right here in Auburn, and it is... Anthony from Auburn. Anthony joining us this afternoon. Anthony, how are we doing this afternoon? Doing good. And you guys? Doing great. Doing What's right. on your mind? You know, uh, I know I know. Steve's very upset and didn't like what he saw, but, you know, uh, from start to finish, LSU was more physical than Auburn. Uh, they controlled the line of scrimmage. I mean, pretty much dominated. Look at the holes they opened up. Uh, 
look at the uh, if you want to call it abuse that they issued out. I mean, you had quarterbacks and things running over people and, and knocking them back, and and not even count what the lineman did. I mean, that makes the difference in the whole game is what the line did. Uh, I mean, that's the biggest part of anything in any game, and they just hey, they were the better team for it. That goes on that front and made the plays that need to be made. But uh, I mean, Auburn, far as Auburn, they're going to continue. Hugh Freeze is going to make his mind up. At some point, I don't know, uh, maybe he had to lose a couple more games, then make his mind up at that point, well, i got to start looking out for next year. Do I need to go ahead and start playing people that are going to be back next year? Uh, you got a guy that's second team, offensive guard. Well, if he's coming back and the guy in front of him is not, then perhaps that guy needs to go ahead and take those last three games of the season, get him some more playing time, get him ready, go into spring practice or whatnot. And that's, it. that's it, pretty much every position. You should look at it like that. I mean, if if you got a player that's not going to be back, or you got somebody that you think that's not going to be able to help you, that's currently starting now, that will be back next year, but you don't believe he can help you next year, then perhaps push those people to the side and start focusing on on, on what you're going to do next year. And then you know, of course, he's on the road recruiting, and he's going to be bringing players in. Uh, you might have one or two players in high school at a skill position that you probably could plug in and play right right away and and pay dividends, but for the most part, your linemen are probably not going to be ready, so you probably got to look at what can I get out of the portal for somebody at another school that is ready and can play, but just uh, not a good fit for the school they're at now. And then maybe look at uh, a certain number of players you might want to get out of junior college that are ready to go right now, that can play right now, that you can plug, bring them in, take them through your spring, and they'll be ready to roll in 2024. So you want to figure out how many of those people at what positions that are going to be needed there and uh, and then go from there. Yeah, uh, you know, you, you look at it. I, I have a feeling that you're going to see the, that New Mexico State game here toward the end of the year. You're, you're going to see a few of the younger guys play and get some more playing time. Auburn makes a bowl game this year. I feel like that's going to be a, a game that you're going to see some guys that are going to play a key factor uh, next year get some more playing time as well uh, as you head down the stretch here uh, in, toward the end of this season. And Yeah, you know, I, I think Hugh Freeze, you've seen him this past year and is uh, coming in and hitting that portal hard. Uh, he's willing to go out and get some junior college guys and get some portal guys to fill those holes in. I, he definitely wants to build through the high school ranks, though. That's I, I think that's what everybody uh, wants to do is build through the high school ranks, but he's not afraid to be a guy to go out and get some of those guys from the portal and, and from junior college ranks. Now, when it comes to signing a quarterback, I guess that's going to be tricky because, I mean, if you sign a top-notch guy, then maybe a good guy that could be a good second-team backup might not want to come to Auburn. I don't know. I mean, it's clearly now that there is no quarterback at Auburn. And I would not hold on to any of these quarterbacks. I mean, if Robbie Asher want to go to a wide receiver, a defensive back, if he want to explore that or or, or halfback or something like that, then I would definitely give him an opportunity to do so. But but uh, as far as quarterback, I just sit him down and tell him that just off the table. You know, and, and uh, there's no need to even look at to play quarterback here at Auburn. If, if you don't want to try something different, then it might be time to move on. Yeah. But uh, definitely they're going to have to go out and sign somebody. And then you got to figure out, can you bring in somebody else that's going that can be that second man or who that might be. That's going to be a tricky thing because if you get a top-notch guy, then I don't think another top-notch guy might not want to show up too. So I don't know how that's going to work out. But maybe if you can get a guy that's ready to play and then hopefully get a guy that's coming out of high school that could wait a couple of years, that would have the patience to do so and develop him and he could step in on two years down the road, then that might be one thing. I don't know. But I, I tell you, uh, it's going to be a minute. It just goes to show you, uh, Malzahn last few years, uh, the worst recruiting, and, and Harson just didn't recruit at all. 
And that's the main problem. That's why this team's in the shape is in because of past, uh, if you want to call it administration or coaching staff that just didn't do anything as far as recruiting was concerned. And that's why the program's in the toilet like it is. And it's going to take a while to get it out, uh, depending on how the recruiting goes, depending on what kind of players you get in. Uh, on, I mean, you know, it may have to make some changes on the coaching staff, too. I don't know. Maybe go after some other coaches or whatnot that, that might be better recruiters than the coaches you got. I mean, that might have to be addressed at the end of the season. Uh, you know, it just it just depends. And as far as, uh, you know, I remember one time uh, Director Green talked about having the right kind of NIL money. Then uh, the powers that be, the people that got the deep pockets or whatnot, uh, can make influence on, on certain things like that. They're going to have to come up with the money to bring in the, uh, the talent that's needed to make this change, to make things uh, work uh, the way they want it to work, or get things rolled in a position where you can win enough games to go bowling. And then that right there can be a springboard in your recruiting to get some more players to get to a position where you can win eight or nine games and just keep on developing and growing until you get in a position where you're challenging for a conference title and, and maybe even getting the playoffs. Because when it comes to a 12-team playoff, I'd almost be certain that Auburn and four or five teams in the South East Conference should be able to make a 12-team playoff without any problem, I would think, even with a two or three losses on, on the season. When you start talking about picking 12 teams and tough as the South East Conference is and the weight that it carries as far as uh, – you know, if you're sitting down with any kind of voting committee to, to vote you in, your schedule, whatnot, I couldn't see no reason why a three-loss team in the conference couldn't make a 12-team playoff. So I think that makes things a whole lot better with, with that 12-team playoff coming in. But, I mean, you know, it's just going to have to go through the process of, of seeing can he bring those players in. We know he can develop, and we've seen that. We all know that he can win the big games. It ain't no doubt, but he got to have something to win it with. You can't win something and, and you don't have – what you need to even put up a, a good, solid front of battle or anything. I mean, at the end of the game, I'm going to tell you, I was sitting there watching, and some of the players' the eyes and facial expressions and, and mannerisms just looked like they were just totally just broken, just totally just, I mean, just out of it. Just just at some point, just say, oh, man, this ain't even worth it. I just don't even want no more of that. that I mean, that's what I saw when I saw that. I mean, I don't know what you guys might have saw or, or your uh, perception of what you might have seen, but – that's just what I was reading. Uh, what, what do y'all think? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, you look at the the main, and then Hugh Freeze talked about it at the end of the uh, at the end of the uh, or not at the end of the game. He talked about it today. He was asked in his press conference today that he he said it felt really flat on the sideline, and, it, and they, you know, he doesn't know, you know, what what that needs to be. He said he was going to have some. Uh, some discussions today with the team and uh, going in there and kind of you know talk to them and and see what it out. But you know it that he 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 acknowledged that it was very flat on that sideline during the game. As far as the whole recruiting thing, uh, yeah, Hugh Freeze has talked about the talent gap before. It's the excuse that he keeps going back to, and it's a valid excuse. I'm not, I'm not saying that it's something he can't say. I will say that with the way the transfer portal works right now, the clock has sped up a little bit. You don't need three years. Uh, to get a good class. Hugh Freeze has gone on record saying that 2025 is when he expects to be able to compete for championships. That's when he wants to consider himself on par with the teams that are elite. So I I understand that this is year zero. Next year, you've got to show some incredible progress. As far as getting a new quarterback in here, they do have a quarterback committed for the 2024 class in Walker White. That is Hugh Freeze's guy. He really likes him, and he seems to be a guy that is going to come in here and probably not challenge for the starting job immediately, but definitely plans to come in here and, and I guess, push the guys that are here currently. If he gets if he gets the starting job as a freshman, then it makes that 2025 spot uh, look even brighter for him. Uh, but that is uh, that is my thoughts on the recruiting. The other thing is, 
in the transfer port with the with the transfer portal the way it is Auburn brought in 42 new players this year um, oh, wow. uh, in in total that is in Hugh Freeze's first two seasons at Liberty he brought in 49 total new players so it, the 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 clock has accelerated on how much time you have to rebuild a roster Hugh Freeze has already almost rebuilt this roster entirely in his image and next year he will have totally done so so I, I'm I'm very much thinking if you want to call this year a wash, then call it a wash. Just get the wins you can, go to a bowl game, whatever. Say we're not there yet. Next year you've got to start showing something. And he he himself has gone on record saying that by 25 he wants to be competitive with elite teams. So I I think that the clock has accelerated. I think that program building does not take as long as it used to, but I do understand what you're saying in that well, what you have right now just isn't good enough. You know, as far as the remaining of the, of the schedule, uh, we know that New Mexico, New Mexico State should be a win, without any doubt, I would think. Right. And you got, Van, you got Vanderbilt, right? Yep. Yeah, have Vanderbilt, but in Nashville, where Auburn has not won Wait. since 2001. Wait, Vanderbilt is playing. Auburn could not afford to go there and, and get behind or, or have some miscues that mess around and put them in the hole because, uh, you know, Vanderbilt scored at least 20. Was it 20 points on Georgia? Or what, what was it? They scored 30 or whatever it was. Uh, they put at least 20 uh, or something on Georgia, but, I mean, played fairly decent. I mean, they didn't win the game, but at least put up some points. But It was Vanderbilt 20. Is a, is a, excuse me? It was 20. You know, the way Auburn playing now, if you can score 20 points, you could probably win the game if you can hold on. I mean, you know, if you think about it, it'd be tied up going in, uh, at the end of the game, going into, uh, you know, overtime or something. You score 20 points, you can just back and win. So, I mean, you know, Vanderbilt's going to be a tough game. Auburn's going to probably have to fight to win that game. And, uh, who else it could possibly be? Arkansas? Did they play Arkansas yet? Have not played Arkansas Mississippi yet. Mississippi State. Yeah, Arkansas State, or excuse me, Arkansas and Mississippi State look like the two most winnable games other than New Mexico State. And Vanderbilt. And Vanderbilt. Bowl, and to become bowl eligible at that point. Yeah, you've got three wins on the year. You need to find three in what we see as four remaining winnable games. And then obviously you have the Iron Bowl in Jordan-Hare, so who knows what could happen there. Well, yeah, that's true, too. I tell you, we'll see how it plays out, but... You know, uh, the Ole Miss coming this week, I'd be almost certain the Ole Miss will score 49 points. I haven't seen no reason why they wouldn't. You know, I, I really wouldn't. They, so, that uh, offense that offense is insane. It's going to have to be, like I mean, like we just said with the Iron Bowl, weird stuff happens in Jordan-Hare Stadium. The crowd's going to have to get involved. If Auburn right. wins this game, it's going to be because Ole Miss screws up on offense and the crowd is going to have an impact on that. What they do is certainly put some life in the program and some hope uh, – that's disappearing. It's certainly uh, revived that. Mm-hmm. No doubt in that. We'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, we'll see. Keep our fingers crossed. But one thing, other thing I want to mention, do you guys see the uh, Colorado game uh, Friday night? When I went to bed, they had a 29-point lead. And I wake up and come to find out they didn't got it in overtime and lost the game. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Stanford just Stanford's offense just uh, – Colorado's defense is bad. Um, they, yeah. They're pretty electrifying on offense when, it, when they're rolling – their defense is really bad, and and Stanford just they they just could not stop Stanford there in the last part of that game. Stanford had one guy, their wide receiver, whose his first name is Elick. His last name escapes me at the moment, but he had 294 receiving yards in the second half. He uh, and and most of it came on Travis Hunter. He also scored the game-winning touchdown, catching it off of Travis Hunter's helmet. It was an incredible performance from that guy, and also. It kind of schooled Travis Hunter, but also Travis Hunter ended up playing 157 snaps in that game. 
yeah, he's playing too much and trying to do a little too much of everything. I mean, you're talking about a guy playing a 157 snaps. I mean, he's just not going to be able to give you his best at all times, especially no. in a situation like that. I mean, you can just about forget it. I mean, that's just, uh, good God, that's unheard of. But uh, I would assume if he ever gets some defensive players, then he might be a 9- or 10-game uh, winner. You know, if he can get him a good defense, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can bag him up. Dion's going to get his guys. And, I mean, I, he's – He's kind of dealing with a similar thing that Hugh Freeze is. I mean, it's a roster that right. just is depleted. He he brought in what sixty something new players this right, year. Right. So right. I mean, he he's trying to build that roster back from a team that had only won one game for like the last couple of years. So um, he's got a bigger he's got a bigger rebuilding job than Hugh Freeze does. But I I see, yeah. I, I believe Dion will he'll get that roster to where they're competitive in the in that league. You know, if he just could have won Friday night, he'd been five and two. And that made it a whole lot easier just getting one more victory to punch that ticket for a bowl berth. So now he's got to, uh, you know, win a couple more out of the last five. We got five. What, they got five left? They've got, yeah, five left. You've got a game against UCLA, a ranked UCLA team coming up in two weeks. They're on their bye. And you got a ranked Oregon State. Uh, a Washington team that's uh, that looks pretty oh, good this year. Washington State or an Arizona team, uh, uh, Washington State, and then Utah. So it's it's a they may not win another they, game. It, it's gonna be it's gonna be testy to see how, where they get a win there. Yeah, if it just could have won Friday night, we'll need one more. But we'll see what happens with that. But but either way, uh, I mean they've done more than anybody expected. Come off one win last yeah. year and hadn't done anything in the last twenty years of the even what we're talking about. So. So we'll see. But, you know, that goes to show you about these spread offenses, why people like to run them, because you can score so many points. And, and you, you know, you can be down 30 points or whatever it is, and know the thing, you don't want the game. So <laughs> I guess spread is here to stay, but that's just what it is. That's right. <laughs> hey, guys, who Auburn High playing anybody this week? Or? Auburn High is, uh, yeah, they're hosting Central Phoenix City this week. Oh, man, that ought to be a barn burner. I, I tell you, that, that's one of the biggest games you could possibly have in this area when you start talking about high school it, football. You got those red devils coming yeah. down. It's, it's one of the biggest in the state. It's one versus three in six, or in 7A. I remember when uh, big old Ed King, I'm sure you guys heard of Ed King. Yep. Oh, yeah. I remember when he played. I, at the time I was playing, and that was a big joker. He pulled. I remember I was a sophomore. He was a junior. And we was down there in Phoenix City, and that guy pulled, and he came around and in, and I didn't close down like I should have. I know that thing. I was laid on the ground flat out. A helmet was down to my feet, to be honest with you. And uh, I remember trying to get up and walk off at the track and off the field. That just goes to show you the kind of talent that was. But uh, they all have a good one. Absolutely. That was uh, Anthony joining us here on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line uh 334-887-34 locally toll free one triple eight nine tiger nine is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line let's head to our first break of the hour yeah big game auburn high versus central phoenix city join uh this friday night at the duck uh over on uh auburn high's home stadium big game big game we'll talk about that on the high school coaches show that's coming up this week right here on tiger 95.9 with the auburn high coaching staff Uh, But right now, we head to our first break of hour number two. When we come back, back to the orthopedic clinic phone line. Matt from Tallahassee and James from Montgomery holding on. We'll get to both of y'all right after this. Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. 
This is Philip Lolly, former Auburn Tigers football assistant coach for the 2010 National Championship team, and you are listening to Sports Call. Call podcast is brought to you by Coca-Cola. If you ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and listen to it on uh, listen to our show on demand wherever you get your podcast and join Ice Cold Coca-Cola to go along with the hottest sports talk. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. Dive back into my bag of positive statistics. We're gonna go to the special teams route. We went team. I'm gonna notes. keep my mouth shut. We went going to special teams route. Alex McPherson has made 12 consecutive field goals. How about that? Good for him. 12 consecutive field goals. At least there's something consistent with He's a weapon. He is a weapon. He's a weapon. He's going to be good for a long time. He is a absolute athletic weapon. Is what As he was is. his brother. That's right. He was. He was. Uh, 334-887-34 and locally toll-free 888 tiger 9 is how you get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Let's go back to the orthopedic clinic phone line, and it is... Matt from Tallahassee. Matt from Tallahassee from Casita for Auburn joining us on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Matt, how are we doing this afternoon? What's up? What's up, man? Hey, I got a question for Anthony. All right. He said we needed a sign of quarterback. Here's a good question for Anthony. Anthony, look at the roster... We did sign a quarterback from a high school. His name is Hank Brown. You don't think he's not going to play this year, but he might play next year. So, look, so, Anthony, the question is, if you wanted Auburn to play a quarterback, look up Hank Brown and give us an answer by mm, the 30th. On, on the 30th of Monday, give me your answer and see that if Auburn and sign them. All right. If Anthony is listening, I'll go ahead and temper his expectations. None of us expect Hank Brown to ever play significant snaps at Auburn. Outside of Matt, and that's okay. Well, well he said we haven't signed a quarterback. And, uh, Hank Brown, he came out of high school, came into Auburn. I think he was more looking at like the, the future, going out and getting another quarterback here coming up in the next uh, year or two. Well, what my dad has told me is, I think Anthony needs to do this. My dad tells me, read everything on the internet. Read a commitment that Auburn has signed. And then if we read the commitments, Anthony might can answer his own questions. That's what my dad tells me. But I want to talk about, oh, hey, Tom. What's up? Your girlfriend, I don't know if Brooks told you, but your girlfriend owes us a hundred and sixty feet, uh, hundred. $650 each. Wow. Goodness. Steep. Right. Woof. Yeah. Getting expensive. Do I touch you to bring her on the show today? Uh, she, she works while we're on the show, so it's hard to get her here. Hey, I, 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 Tom and Brent. What's up? Hey, I, I told, I told uh, Brooks that Wardown Steve is fired. Well, we'll have to let him know that. Well, he's retired. It's tough to fire a guy who's not working. Well, I was telling Brooks that Wardown Steve wasn't listening to you guys. He has been interrupting. Yeah, he's, time, he's got his own time, opinions. Hey, hey, next time you interrupt you guys, tell him I charge him $50 each to pay us. All right, we'll have to let him know. Okay, so uh, here's what I want to talk about the Auburn LSU game. All right. Okay, now you guys might can answer this question for all three of you guys. When Auburn, I think it was more... And he was tackled, and there was like two plays in front of the referee. If he grabbed him by the 
jersey or the back of the jersey close to the helmet. Is that a horse collar? I, I know what play you're talking about, and it, he he grabbed him. It, it was more on the shoulder, and it was you know at, at first reaction it looked like it could have been a horse collar, but then you look at the replay, he grabbed him more around the shoulder, the shoulder pad, which is a very it would, a legal tackle. And 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 like and like uh and and to, and um Tom and Brent, what do you guys think about? It? Another question is there was like two bad calls that the referee. Didn't call it me on LSU like two fouls that were supposed to be called right in front of the referee, and they called that they didn't call that many penalties at Auburn, but that, and um, that many penalties on LSU, and they called Auburn. There was a lot of like when Auburn's player was kind of like he didn't catch the ball and he pushed him out of bounds. And what do you guys think about that? that I, call? I didn't think. The officiate. I'll let Tom have his moment. Oh, I, I, I may be saying exactly what you're going to say. There may have been some calls here and there, but ultimately LSU just beat the crap out of Auburn. The the officials had nothing to do with LSU just absolutely smashing Auburn. Yeah, I, I was going to say the same thing. No. Auburn didn't lose that game because of officiating. No. So, 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 do, so you guys think, and I'm going to do this in trivia later on, but do you guys think that you said there's a possibility that Auburn could beat Arkansas – Mississippi State, oh, uh, and New Mexico State, and you don't think about the Iron Bowl. So, let's let's go through the rest of Auburn's schedule here. They've got Ole Miss coming up. I think that's a loss. Yeah. Uh, the, the winnable games that Auburn has remaining on its schedule, I think it can beat Mississippi State. I think Arkansas is just real bad right now, so they have a chance at beating Arkansas. New Mexico State is a game you should win. You're you're paying them seven figures to come here and get beat, so you better beat them. Uh, who else Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. You've got Vanderbilt. That's in Nashville, so it's going to be tough, but Auburn should beat Vanderbilt today, tomorrow, and forever. Um, and then the Iron Bowl is being played in Jordan-Hare Stadium, and weird things happen when that game gets played in Auburn. So it's possible. I'm not picking it, but it's possible. Yeah, and I like. And a question is, like, um, I heard that Auburn – uh, one of Auburn's players on back line just committed from Auburn. Um, do you do you guys know where he's going? Or um, oh, uh, there was there was an athlete that recently decommitted. He was supposed he was thought to be going to South Carolina. Ended up committing to Auburn. Decommitted to Au- from Auburn and is now committed to South Carolina. Jalewis Solomon, yeah. that's the kid's name. He's now committed to South Carolina, which is where everyone thought he was going anyway. And I and I, I saw this on my computer. There's like a female kicker that is playing in college football right now, but I can't think of her name. But she's like, she's a black she's a black woman, and it says that's the first black female kicker to kick in, in um, college football. That's impressive. That's that's awesome for sure. I, I think that I think that women playing college football, it's something that some people are trying. And I'm glad that the game is growing. Uh, I, I don't know if women are going to have a place on the field in big-time college football. I hope that I'm wrong. I think it would be really cool to see women out there contributing, but I just I don't know. But uh, I, I've at some of the lower levels of football, you're seeing women that are they're playing. They're playing, yeah. especially at kicker. So I think that's well, really cool. Well, last question tonight is in trivia. I know we don't play LSU next year in football. Mm-hmm. And um, 
And what do you guys see us playing Oklahoma next year in football? And do you guys remember when we played Oklahoma in New Orleans? Yeah. I think it was Cotton Bowl, and they, and they beat us. And they had that running back that was really, really good. And so when Oklahoma comes to Auburn next year, we don't play LSU, do you probably see us probably doing – doing better on offense and defense and you think we might be beat Oklahoma next year and then for for uh, what do you guys and then for men's basketball I heard uh, Auburn's exhibition game playing the uh, Warhawks for Montgomery in basketball so what do you guys think about that yeah, you get Oklahoma at home next year. I don't know how, you know, it's hard to project that far out how Auburn's going to look. Uh, obviously, last time Oklahoma and Auburn met was that 2016 Sugar Bowl uh, or 20, uh, 2017 Sugar Bowl. It was right after the first of the year. And they had a, a Heisman uh, caliber quarterback in Baker Mayfield. They also had the running back, as you mentioned, Samaj P. Ryan uh, was, was doing phenomenal stuff. And they, they had Auburn that night. And so, you know, again, hard to project out that far if Auburn's going to do better against Oklahoma this time. They look really good this year and I think Brent Venables has them on the right track and then yeah Auburn basketball the exhibition game coming up here in a few weeks uh, against Auburn Montgomery you like to see uh, the the Tigers playing the, the their kind of sister school out of Montgomery uh, in different sporting events I know that they've done it in softball a couple times uh, baseball yeah. too but uh, yeah it, it's pretty cool yeah and like and so, so uh, Tom and Brent what do you guys think about Auburn men playing in Warhawks in basketball yeah, I think I think it's great. I think it's an excellent preseason exhibition team. It's cheap because, like Brooks said, they're kind of your sister school. So uh, I think it'll be an easy win. It'll be a good way to get acclimated to what other teams look like and not just playing against your own guys. And that's that's the most fun of the preseason uh, in any sport is when you can finally play some guys that are not your teammates. And I asked this, I asked this before, like I said, I want to do some trivia, but this question for all three guys, but I want Tom to answer this first. He probably for the men's basketball and the women's basketball probably making the Final Four or, or Sweet 16 or the Final Eight for basketball? Uh, I can tell you this. The women's basketball team, no. They they will be um, – you're hoping that the women's team can finally make it back to the NCAA tournament. Um, she She's still trying to get that team rebuilt. So I they're not a Final Four team. Uh, Auburn men's basketball um, – I could, I think they are definitely a tournament team. I could potentially see them being Sweet 16. I don't think they're quite capable of Final Four unless some crazy things happen. Uh, everything I've heard is offensively they're really good, but apparently they can't cover anybody. So um, I think they're definitely a tournament team and maybe Sweet 16, but I, I think trying to get to the Final Four, it's a little bit of a stretch for that, this Auburn hey, team right now. Brooke and Brent, what do you guys think about the men? I agree with Tom about the men's thing. Um, I, I think that Auburn will be fine on defense because it's Bruce Pearl, and Bruce Pearl teams are always at least fine on defense. That's something that he puts a lot of stock in. Uh, offensively, I expect them to be much improved. I think that the new guys that are coming into this team uh, are going to be better shooters than the guys that are leaving. I think that Trey Donaldson being a second-year point guard uh, is going to lend itself to offense a lot. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think that Auburn expects to make the NCAA tournament. I think they expect to make it past the first weekend. And once you get to the Sweet 16, anybody can beat anybody. So I think that this is a year where Auburn is expecting to get a top four seed in the SEC tournament. I think yeah. that they, I think that I think that it's really going to come down to Auburn, Texas A&M, Arkansas, 
Maybe Alabama, maybe Alabama's Kentucky. Alabama's supposed to be good. Yeah, yeah maybe Alabama, maybe Kentucky. I, I think that those Tennessee's couple, supposed to be good. Tennessee, yeah. I think that those seven teams are going to be competing for those top four spots yeah. for sure. Well, hey, Brooke, before you answer, Brooke, and um, and like I said, I'll go into the trivia. Who do you guys see as a starter point guard for the men, probably? Uh, point guard, uh, Aiden Holloway. Yeah, I think Aiden, Holloway. Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson are your yeah. two point guards, and it, it really just depends on what the situation calls for, I think. Alright. Uh let me see if we can get something here for you. Um let's see. Alright, here we go. You ready? Yeah. What right. bowl game did Auburn play in to end the twenty eighteen season? Think, okay, I think it was it wasn't the ACC team. I don't think. No, they played they played Purdue, so they played Purdue in this bowl game. What bowl game was it? In twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen. Yes. I was going to say the Orange Bowl. That's not right. No, a little more north than that. Not not the Cotton Bowl. No. Not the Sugar Bowl. Not the Halfback Bowl. No. This game was played in Nashville, Tennessee. The Music City Bowl. That's right, the Music City Bowl. What was that score in that game? Uh, it was a lot <laughs> to to not a lot. It was uh, Auburn uh, ran away with that one, uh, but it was uh, it, like I said, it was a lot. Is it fifty six to seven, something like that? Uh, okay. Something like that. Yeah, uh, sixty three to fourteen. All right, close. Okay. Is there another one? Probably. Yeah, one more. Yeah, I got one more for you. All right. Okay. Who was the last Auburn player to win the Heisman? Newton. That's right, Cam Newton. Hey, listen. Um, I'll talk to you guys next Monday. But hey, one more question: Do you guys think? That our defensive line can probably stop Ole Miss's line and their quarterback. It's going to be tough. Uh, they, they got a really prolific offense in Ole Miss, but uh, you know, I think if a lot of hard work this week, Auburn can can get a little bit better and and hopefully hopefully you can slow down that Ole Miss team. I don't think you're going to stop them much like this past week against LSU, but you can at least try to slow them down a little bit. Okay. So, hey, Tom. Yes. Get your girlfriend on the show next Monday. I, I'll see what I can do, but she she's a busy busy lady and she works while we're on the show. Okay, if she doesn't, I'm gonna uh, raise that to a thousand. Uh oh. Uh oh. Yeah. Hey, if you guys ever see Sean, is John calls? Uh huh. Tell him expired and like the like the call me on my dad's phone because I got a little talk to do with Sean. All right, well I, we'll let him know if we calls in. And so so, but hey. I'm hoping we can pull it off this week, and uh, I'm not going to be able to watch the games because I got a game in Dallas, Georgia, and um, it's a double hitter. But I'm playing a second game and stuff like that. But hey, I want to ask you guys a really 
uh, question if you guys can pray for my um, my sister and my nephew and brother-in-law. They are going hang gliding on the 21st. And he's on, my sister's the only sister I have. And I don't, I just want to know if you guys can pray for their safety that nothing happens to them. They're going off of Lookout Mountain in Georgia. But just pray that my sister and my nephew, my brother-in-law, um, have like a safe, they don't get hurt or you kill them and stuff like that. Because I don't want to my sister. That will definitely break my heart. Yeah, we'll, and, we'll, we'll pray for them. And I accept that. And if you guys can get JJ or if you guys can get Bo Jackson on, on here or Javon Reed or something like that, I like to ask my man and man, Javon Reed or Bo Jackson a question. All right, well, we'll try to do that. And the Wario guys and Tom behave now. Hey, hey you, guys get, you guys get Cam on the show next Monday. We'll, cho- we'll do our best. Wario guys. War Eagle. That was Matt joining us. Matt from Tallahassee, Matt for Auburn, joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's hit our first break, our second break of the hour. When we come back, more of your phone calls on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line right after this. easy it is to listen to our show all you have to do with your amazon smart device is say alexa play sports call auburn now back to the multi-time abby award-winning sports call welcome back to sports call tiger 95.9 you want banter? We're gonna have banter. <laughs> Brant. We're we're having some discussions about the direction this show should go. Sports call. Um, at the break. You want to listen it, to us? It didn't get heated, but it got a little shouty. You want some? You want to listen to us? <laughs> and you don't have a radio. Brooks and Brooks and I yell at each other. Can now be heard. Often. Alexa devices. Open it's good natured, but I do iPhone, think he hates me. Android. I'm just here for the show. Tap Not this show, but <laughs> this show that's going on yeah. in front of me. Brooks, Brooks, please read that again. We don't want to... Listen to us on Alexa. We've read it thousands of times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little heated. I'm going to laugh through it. I'll give you a positive. Hey, Alexa. <laughs> Play sports call. <laughs> Oscar Chapman hit a 53-yarder and a 58-yard punt on Saturday night. Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy. Oi, oi, oi. Gave him 32 punts of 50-plus yards during his career. You want to talk about an athletic weapon? We've got some kickers now. Uh, Oscar special, Chapman. Special teams are great. Special teams are great here at Auburn, baby. 334-887-341. Locally, toll-free, one 9 tiger 9 is how you get on the Auburn Bank phone line. I'm fine. Fine. I heard I heard the voice crack. I don't know if you're <laughs> if you're like laughing or crying. <laughs> I'm not crying. I'm just mad. Our our, our kickers. This are good. is not good radio, our but it's very fun for us. Our kicking people are good. Our, our, our kickers are good. Now, this is this is like how bad I feel like Auburn has gotten. Uh, 
I remember back in the Falcons days when they were just absolutely putrid, and you would go into like the uh, the store that sells all the jerseys or yeah. whatever, and the Falcons jersey was was uh, uh, Morton Anderson. Yeah, baby. And it's like, wow, you're so bad that your kicker is your jersey that is on display for everybody to buy. I almost feel like, like honestly, though, you know, the Falcons aren't horrible this year. Like they're they're not great, but they're not horrible. They're going like, to hover around five hundred. I feel like Young Way Koo, their kicker right now, right. could probably be a top jersey seller for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you absolutely. got Pitt, you got Pitts. I mean, Pitts. You got Bijan Robinson. Bijan, I would Pitts guess, would be the highest selling jersey. But you've got some really good specialists but on you, that team as well. But top three or not top three, top five jersey sells for. The I think Falcons. so. I think I'm trying. Young I'm trying Koo to think. There. Desmond Ritter's not going to be there, so I'm trying to think of specialists. You've got Bijan Robinson, Drake London, Kyle Pitts. Um, defensively, Grady Jarrett, maybe. Um, maybe Tyler Algier would be five, but after that, it would probably be Young Waku. From from watching the uh, the video of uh, the camera going through the uh, the walkways of yeah. the, the stadium, it's all like Matt Ryan jerseys still. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, because the new jerseys look bad. The, I kind of like the. I I don't like listen, the black ones. An, I don't like an, the black jerseys. Here's this weird gradient that no one asked for when you have the best color scheme in the NFL. I was going to say there's there's an unpopular opinion. And I'm not a Falcons fan. I like the gradient that goes from red to black. I, I kind of like that. I don't. I know a lot of I Falcons don't. fans. I just, don't. I loved, look, the the red helmet, black jersey, white pants. Yeah. They never should have left that. I understand the Falcons were terrible when they had that look, but that's also the cleanest look I've ever seen. I love those uniforms. Um, Tom, and I think the red jerseys that they had during the Matt Ryan era, they were really good. But I feel like they're getting worse and we have crossed into with this new iteration Bad Falcons jerseys. Tom brought up the red helmets, red jerseys. I, I I love the red helmets. Just go to the red helmets full time. I think that adds a lot. Now, I'm trying to th- is there a a jersey, a throwback jersey that the Falcons have not done that you would like to see them bring in? I don't think there is. I I mean, I'm trying to look, think of like historic Falcons jerseys. Yeah, I mean, it's just the bl- the all blacks or the red and black. I think the red and black looks better. They've done the all blacks before. And I really think that's like the only color scheme. I mean, have the they have they done the 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 red eighties jersey? Mm, I don't know, but I feel not, like if they you, have I not like done if that with wore, the red helmet. Not if you since wore the a seventy fifth anniversary. Yeah, I feel like if you wore a red jersey, it would look like the Matt Ryan Julio Jones era jerseys. Mm. I, I know that they're not exactly the same, but that's immediately where everyone's mind would go. Yeah. See, I just remember, uh, you know, but red in, helmet, red jersey, that would be different. Yeah, back in the uh, back in the Billy White Shoes Johnson, William Andrews, Steve Bartkowski days, you know, red helmet, white face mask, red jersey. Yeah. They actually kind of looked a lot like Georgia, which is you know, whatever. But red, makes sense for the market. Red red helmet, white mask, uh, red jersey. I even think they had silver pants, or is either silver or white pants mm-hmm. they wore. Um. So yeah, they very much look like Georgia, but still just such a beautiful color scheme with their uniform. And then they Jerry Glanville took over and decided they wanted to just go all black. It's like, ugh. How would we feel as as folks that as a Falcons fan in pain? Go ahead a, and finish your question. As a Falcons fan and a guy that grew up around the Falcons, um, how would we feel if the if they went if the NFL did a sort of City Connect kind of deal like the MLB does? <laughs> But you go more toward what the 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 Hawks did this year, where you did where you lean more into the peach. I love the Hawks alternate uniforms. I think they I think the Hawks current uniform lineup mm. is excellent. I love what they're doing right now, um, and I do think it's a little old school. And I think if the Falcons, 
I don't know. Basketball uni- basketball uniforms and football uniforms are so different because the basketball uniform covers so much less of your body. Um, the football uniform is kind of all you see on a particular player. So I don't know if I want them to go to the peach look that the that the Hawks use. You wouldn't. What about but black I, with the peach like numbers? I, I think you could use that peach color in there somewhere, and mm. I think you could have success with that. I think if you mixed it with the red as well uh, and the black could also look really good. I don't, I, there's there's an idea there, for sure. Uh, update on the ALCS in the bottom of the fourth inning. Uh, it is Texas put up a lot so far. It's five. Uh, Alex Bregman, though, just homered his second postseason a home run. It is now five to two. Hit, it off, the, uh, hit it off the foul pole and left. Get uh, Chick-fil-A or something on the foul pole. Maybe, yeah. maybe that's like free Chick-fil-A for the Houston <laughs> folks. Uh, 360 feet was the projected length of that one if it had not hit off the pole uh, for Alex Bregman. But Astros fighting, trying not to go down 0-2. They do have a home field advantage in this one in the, the ALCS. We talked about the NLCS. Uh, you know, that's where we wish the Braves were at. But it gets started tonight uh, between the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. Speaking of Chick-fil-A, do we have time to get into this? We, I, have, I have a gripe with the oh, way no. Chick-fil-A has handled something recently. Oh, no. Um... For those who don't know, if you live in the state of Alabama and during college football Saturdays, if either Auburn or Alabama scores in the red zone and then you open your Chick-fil-A app, you get a free something. A home game. Yeah, a home game. Thank you. If they're playing in the state of Alabama. I was going to say, because last week Alabama did score in the red zone in Texas A&M and we didn't get anything. No, we got something last week. Did we? Yeah, we got something for this Saturday. No, last like last. last okay, week. okay, I, like, I see what you're saying. I see like what you're when saying. Auburn was off and right. Alabama was at Texas A&M. Right, right, right. Well, so for this, for it used to be, you just got a free chicken chicken sandwich. That was it. You could redeem a free chicken sandwich, and that was the reward you got. Excellent reward. We all know chicken sandwiches rule. Heck yeah. Um, this season, Chick Fil A has decided that they're not going to do that anymore, and it's just a random reward. It started as a chicken sandwich, and then it went to like a, lar- a large fl- fry, and then yep. a couple of weeks ago, it was a large sweet tea, or a medium sweet tea, not even a large. Oh, it was a large sweet tea. It was, okay, yeah. so it was a large sweet tea, but you're going down in value. I will say, to their credit, this past week, Chick-fil-A returned it to the original prize of a whole chicken sandwich, uh, which I'm very happy about and cannot wait to partake in this year, mm, or this, this week. week. Um, but just the fact that Chick-fil-A has started to scale down that reward, uh, it irks me. Man. But you still get free Chick-fil-A. You got some biscuit in there. Yeah. Chicken biscuit. Uh, yeah, I did get a chicken biscuit. It's the first time I've ever gotten a spicy chicken biscuit because it was free, and it was darn good. That's right. Uh, Chick-fil-A, not a sponsor, but uh, if you would like to give us free Chick-fil-A. I'm very openly criticizing them. We would we would bring it. <laughs> uh, that's going to end hour number two on Chick-fil-A talk. I mean, sports call. Uh, we have, uh, we've had a great show so far. One more hour to go. Five at five coming up right after the Tired Communications Sports Report, as well as we go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. James from Montgomery has been holding on very patiently. James will get to you right after this. Brooks Childress, Tom PV, Brant Daughtry all joining you today. We'll be right back with more of Sports Call.
two hours of sports call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call starting right now, Tiger 95.9, our website, thetiger.fm, or if you're listening on demand or with our podcast. Thank you so much for being a part of this Monday edition of Sports Call. I'm Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy, joining me today. Ryan LaVoy is off today, traveling back from the Tampa Bay area. He'll be back with you tomorrow. I'll also be back tomorrow. Tom will be back tomorrow for a new episode of Sports Call as we continue on today. Uh, But as we keep going here, we start the third hour. We're going to get back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line in just a couple of minutes. But first, I want to go ahead and dive into our uh, 5 at 5 brought to you by our friends at uh, Southeastern Land Group. Land is always a sound investment. See our Guys, Southeastern Land Group, selandgroup.com for more information. Southeastern Land Group, five at five. We'll start off with... Number one. These are your individual notes, positive notes from the Auburn Tigers offense on Saturday. We've got five of them. Number one is Brian Batie has passed the 2,000-yard rushing mark for his career. He had 1,842 yards while at USF, and so he's now passed 2,000 rushing yards for his career. Number two. Number two, also running back, Jarquez Hunter scored his third rushing touchdown of the season and 13th of his career. Number three. Number three is also Jarquez Hunter. He is now 35th among Auburn career rushers with 1,480 yards, passing Cam Newton, who had 1,473 yards in 2010. Next is Tommy Lorena with 1,486. He rushed for that back to 1956 to 1958. So Jarquez Hunter now 35th all-time on the Auburn rushing list. Next. Number four. Number four, Brandon Frazier's 39-yard reception was a career-long. Frazier's third touchdown catch was the first score of his career. Congratulations to Brandon Frazier. And then number... Number five. Number five, Robbie Ashford's touchdown pass to Frazier was his second touchdown pass of the season and the ninth of his career. So there you go. There's our uh, Southeastern Land Group, five at five. Brian Batie, Jarquez Hunter, Brandon Frazier, and Robbie Ashford all having some superlatives on Saturday despite the uh, the lack of offense the Tigers uh, had on Saturday night down in Death Valley. So that's your 5 at 5, brought to you by our friends at Southeastern Land Group. Visit them online at sclandgroup.com for more information. Uh, we go back to the Orthopedic Clinic phone line now. All of our sports call calls and guests join us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. The Orthopedic Clinic has been serving the people of East Alabama since 1971. It is your go-to center for orthopedic care. Visit them online today at theorthoclinic.com for more information. We go back to that orthopedic clinic phone line, and it is... James from Montgomery. James has been holding on very patiently for us, so now we go to Montgomery. James, how are we doing this afternoon? I'm good, and War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. 
Yeah, I've been covering a lot of sports over the weekend. And actually on ESPN, um, over the weekend, I was watching some crazy sports on uh, ESPN. Uh, I know on ESPN, too, when they uh, when they're done talking about a lot of sports on ESPN, too, they actually – turn it from ESPN2 to ESPN Ocho, and they had some crazy sports that, that that looks really good that needs to actually be a good sport that I would, that I would love to bet on. Yeah, the ESPN, the Ocho, has got some really unique stuff on there. What's your favorite one? I, um, I would actually have to say my favorite sport that's really crazy that that actually that I would like to be a part of is the pillow fighting championships. I would love that. That's that's kind of fun. That is really fun. That 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 looks kind of that looks like you know my childhood and and I I think I might as well be like a a, a person of interest of of getting into that sport as well. Yeah, the the pillow fights are really really fun. What do you think about like the ultimate tag? Um, well, actually, the ultimate tag, I would love to do that because I'm really good at running, so I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty fast when it comes to tag, so I, I'll probably do that one as well. Yeah, that sounds really fun. Uh, but yeah, the ESPN The Ocho's got a lot of great stuff on there. What did you think of the, game, uh, the Auburn game this weekend, James? Oh, the Auburn game, I was so, so disappointed on that game as well because I thought in the first quarter of the game, I thought that we were never going to score. I was looking at the score, and I was like, are we going to score? I mean, it took Auburn a while for anything to happen. And then in the second quarter of that game, what was going on with Peyton Thornton? What was going on in his head? Yeah, you know, he, he had some a couple of missed throws there, and so uh, he'll he'll have to go out to practice and get better this week. Yeah, because I mean, you know, if he's going to be a quarterback from another college that's going to come to Auburn, what really sticked out to me was the commentary that um, they were saying that Peyton Thornton should not come to Auburn. He should have stayed at Michigan State. I mean, it's it's water under the bridge. I mean, I don't think Peyton Thornton should be the right guy for Auburn. I mean, Robbie Ashford or Will Garner, I think those two guys should, you know, should be like the – the new starting quarterback as well. And then on top of that, with Peyton Thornton being the captain, I think that, um, I think Hugh Freeze, he should take that, that captain's patch off of Peyton Thornton and give it to Robbie Ashford. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what happens with that quarterback position going forward. It sounds like Peyton Thorne is still going to be the starting quarterback, uh, but maybe you'll, you'll see a little bit more Robbie Ashford going forward. What else you got for us today, James? Well, because I'm actually going to be looking at this weekend's this weekend's game when we play against Ole Miss. Because over the weekend I was watching Ole Miss and I was studying their playbook and seeing how we're going to stop their offense and their defense. I think Auburn is going. I don't even know if Auburn would would actually stop um, Ole Miss offense because they have a strong offense and one of the strong defensive uh, teams in the SEC as well. 
Yeah, they've got so, a really they've got a really dynamic offense. Yeah, so I'm 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 pretty sure that we might make like twenty to twenty one points in in the first in the first half of the game as well. But I'm just gonna see um, who I'm I'm just gonna look at who's not on the injured list. I'm I'm not quite sure if we have any injured Tiger um, football players on the injured list for this coming up game as well. Yeah, there's a few guys that are still injured. Uh, Hugh Freeze gave an update earlier today. But uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll have to see if anybody can be, can be able to get back this weekend. What she got for us? Well, I'm actually um, counting down my days to the Reese's Senior Bowl for 2023, and I'm actually going to be watching this one as well very closely. And I might see some guys from Auburn, or you know, I might see some guys that are playing from Auburn. I might see some guys from Georgia or Florida or Washington, or you know, some other schools. You know, like you know, HBCU schools like um, like Jacksonville State or Alabama State or uh, Florida A and M. You know, and I I think this one this year is going to be looking really good, and this will get these guys these the Senior Bowl. I've been watching it for years, and I think this gets them ready to prepare for the NFL. So I think this is going to be really good for some of these seniors to actually show off their talents to a lot of NFL scouts as well. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 I think there's a few Auburn Tigers on that watch list right now. We'll have to see, uh, see who was able to make it down to Mobile for the Senior Bowl to, to get ready for that NFL draft. What else you got for us? Well, I'm actually going to be uh, looking at uh, the 2023 and 2024 Auburn men's basketball and women's basketball season, which I'm actually getting ready for the women's basketball season sometime real soon and seeing what uh, Coach Harris is actually going to do. And um, I was looking at some uh, highlights from their training, and I think these I think these ladies, I think they're going to look really good this year. And um, I'm waiting on the schedule to come out, so I'm, I'm seeing the schedule that's going to be coming out sometime, probably like in the beginning of November, and seeing if they're there's going to be some uh, in-game rivals that are going to be coming to Neville. Uh, that's going to be coming to Neville Arena as well. Yeah, there's a uh, there's a lot of uh, the the schedule's already out on AuburnTigers.com if you want to go and take a look at it. But there's mm-hmm. some big games coming to, to Neville Arena this year, especially on the women's side of things. You get to host LSU, the national champions, uh, and you know obviously you get the get Alabama in, in Neville Arena. So it's it's mm-hmm. going to be a big year for for hopefully for Auburn women's basketball as they continue to try to rebuild things. Yeah, because I know they're going to be rebuilding things this year, but I'm I'm just gonna like hold off on them to actually make it to the March Madness. So I'm just gonna not get um, Coach Harris' hopes and get the team's hopes up too high because I know they played in the uh, March Madness tournament last March, and. I'm just going to say that they might make it to like a Final Four or Sweet 16 uh, next year in March of 2024 as well. Yeah, they were part of that WNIT last year, and so we'll see if uh, we'll see if they're able to make any more uh, postseason appearances this year. What else you got for us today? Well, I know that y'all were talking about um, Bruce Pearl and actually coming to Montgomery to play our um, our in-state rivals, um, AUM. And I think AUM is going to be a really – it's going to be an easy 
uh, test for us because I know that's going to be like a it's going to be like an exhibition game because it's right here in my backyard. So I mean, I might go to that game as well. I'm not quite sure, but um, I, I think it's going to be really good to get the Tigers to get those guys ready for the upcoming season, and I'll probably see them actually making it to the uh, final uh, to the to the March Madness this year as well. So I'm just going to see how the March Madness tournament actually looks for uh, next year as well. Yeah, that'll be really, really fun. Auburn hosts AUM here in a couple weeks for their uh, their exhibition game at Neville Arena. James, you excited for your Cowboys to play tonight? I am actually excited for my Dallas Cowboys to actually play tonight. And I was just, um, you know, during the break, I was just uh, – uh, sending out a tweet to uh, Dak Prescott and actually telling him, you know, I'm going to be rooting and I'm going to be screaming and, um, you know, seeing if the Cowboys are going to win. And I actually told him to actually give me a lot of fantasy points for, uh, you know, for for my fantasy uh, lineup and, and actually make uh, a lot of passes to C.D. Lamb as well because I do have him on my fantasy roster uh, for tonight's game as well. So I'm just going to see how things are. So it's going to be it's going to be a really good game and I'm looking forward to seeing um, how the Cowboys are going to actually uh, come out because I know this will be after this game is said and done, I'm going to be looking at week 7 and um, we don't play anybody week 7, so we do have a bye week, so I'm going to be um, we're going. I'm just going to, you know, rest and watch uh, the games for week seven as well, because um, Dallas do not play anybody until the end of October as well. Yeah, you got the Chargers this week, and then you get a bye week, and then you host the LA Rams. So both LA teams back to back. That should be a really really fun for you guys. Anything else before we have to let you go today, James? Well, I was uh, I, I was going to ask if I can get some LSU Auburn trivia from last week. Some LSU Auburn trivia. All right. Well, we'll uh, I'll make note of that. We'll get it to you. How about we get it to you tomorrow? All right. Sounds good. And War Eagle, guys. War Eagle. We'll talk to you then. That was James from Montgomery joining us on the Orthopedic Clinic phone line. Let's go ahead and hit our first break of our number three. When we come back, we'll talk college football throughout the SEC and around the country. Right after this. <laughs> Sports Call is on the air weekdays from 3 until 6 p.m. If you are currently driving in a four-door sedan, roll up the windows and turn up the radio. We're Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Now back to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Welcome back. Thir- Monday edition of Sports Call. Almost a Thursday edition of Sports Call. Boy, I wish. I, yeah, same. Uh, Sports Call podcast brought to you by Coca-Cola. You ever miss Sports Call Live or you just want to hear something again, make sure you go back and find that podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Defensive notes from the game. Two positive ones. I'll get to one right here. We'll get to one after the next break. DJ James on Saturday, recorded his second interception of the season and his third at Auburn and the fifth of his career. He recorded two at Oregon. 
That dude's pretty good. He is pretty good. He, he hasn't shown up a ton statistically this year, but it's because no one's throwing at him, and that's a mark of a pretty good corner. Um, Auburn secondary, man. It's legit. You got Nehemiah Pritchett back there. He's been pretty good. And Jalen Simpson's been a revelation at safety. I mean, we, we knew uh-huh. that, we knew that he was good at the end of last year, but he's been even better than he was last year. It's He's been a lot of fun to watch. But DJ James recorded his second interception of the game. Uh, we'll get more into Auburn and LSU as the week goes on, and, of course, as the uh, show goes on here for a little bit. But let's turn our attention now to the rest of the Southeastern Conference, how other teams fared this past weekend. We'll start things off with the number one team in the country, the Georgia Bulldogs, traveled to Nashville. A uh, little bit of a rough one. Uh, 37-20, they got the win. It was 7-7 at the end of the first quarter. Georgia then came alive in the second quarter, scoring 17 points. Uh, no points for Vanderbilt. They had put up a field goal in the third, and then Vanderbilt outscored them in the fourth quarter, 13-10, but that was too late. It was 37-20. to 20. The big news, though, Brock Bowers, Brock Bowers going out <clears throat> with an ankle injury at half. Kirby Smart did not elaborate after the game, and then today it is revealed that it is a high ankle sprain. He's having surgery, and he's done for the year. Yeah. That is that is massive that, for that Georgia yeah, that's, team. That's, that's a huge loss. For Especially sure. when you look around the the, world, the the rest of the conference and you've got teams like Ohio State who's starting to find their feet, Michigan who looks really dang good, Penn State who also looks pretty good, those teams out in the Pac-12. Yeah. If you're a number one offensive weapon on a team that has been slow getting started, when it comes playoff time, that's gonna that, that could cause you some trouble. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about this. Well, I, I'm not going to say without Brock Bowers, Georgia would have lost to Auburn, but I mean – he was their key guy. I mean, not saying somebody else wouldn't have stepped up, but uh, you know, without Brock Bowers, you're you're definitely looking at a possible loss to Auburn. Uh, it makes them even more vulnerable without Brock Bowers out there, um, and we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, big big loss uh, for Brock Bowers to be out like that with a what just seemed like a normal sprain, but I guess it's bad enough that he had to have what they call tightrope surgery. Yeah. So yeah, he's done. In the SEC West, number eleven, Alabama. One over Arkansas, twenty-four to twenty-one, to put Arkansas is on the brink of uh, not making a bowl game this year. Two more losses on the year, and they will not be bowl eligible. They're two and five right now, zero oh and four in the SEC. The big story, though, Alabama scored seven or led seven to six at the end of the first quarter. Then they scored fourteen points to Arkansas zero in the second quarter. They scored a field goal, and that was it in the second half. Arkansas came back and. Uh, gave made it a game. They've scored a touchdown in the third quarter and then a touchdown in the fourth quarter with the two point conversion. Arkansas's they're they're not great, but they're feisty. Yeah, yeah I, mm, feisty's one word for it. Um, I think they're bad, <laughs> right. and I, I think that man, if they don't make a bowl game, is Sam Pittman out of there? I I, is, I I know there's all this talk of all the goodwill and how much people love him and how well he fits and all that, yeah. but if you start losing games, there's not enough goodwill for that. No, their patience know? is going to run out. Yeah. I, I think their patience is beginning to run out after after last year's uh, come apart and now this year's not good. Uh, and I haven't really heard a whole lot about them just recruiting their tails off. So yeah, it, it might be it might be. That, that, that seat is definitely warming up under Sam Pittman's big old rear end. I was going to say, it is. this is his fourth year to uh, finish sixth in the West, third in the West, fifth in the West, currently 2-5, and 0-4 oh in conference play. He is below 500 for a record right now, 21-22 yeah. and 22 overall as, a, as the head coach at Arkansas. So that's, It's a shame because he seems like such a nice dude, yeah, like a, sure. good, a good person and a, a good position coach. When, when he is – 
focusing on one spot, he's very clearly produced results. And when he came in and kind of stabilized Arkansas after the Chad Morris thing, uh, it was <laughs> – I thought he was going to be successful, and and so did everybody else. But, man, it, it just is not working out right now. Latest candidate for the Nick Saban coaching rehabilitation clinic? Yeah, perhaps. Maybe. Uh, up to Knoxville, the 230 CBS game this past Saturday. Number 19, Tennessee held off Texas A&M 20-13, 7-7 to to the end of the first quarter. Texas A&M would take a 10-7 to lead into the half. Uh, t- uh Tennessee would outscore Texas A&M 7-3 to in the third quarter and then put six more on the board in the fourth quarter to win that game. Uh, Max Johnson, 223 passing yards, but he had two interceptions on the day for Texas A&M. Talking about a, a coach that the patience is running out on is Jimbo Fisher right now. Unfortunately, they, he has a – everybody jokes about the Auburn buyouts and stuff. They, Jimbo Fisher has a massive, massive buyout yes. at Texas A&M. Uh, but once again – I, I see this every preseason when Texas A&M is highly ranked and everybody's got all these things going about them in the preseason. I always say, prove it to me, Jimbo. Once again, prove it to me, Jimbo. And, and he's not been able to. And they have recruited. They had one of the top recruiting classes that anybody has ever seen. But then, of course, they end up losing a bunch of them because of uh, they couldn't act, act right. Uh, but you've still got – gobs and gobs of talent you've got some of the best facilities in the entire country you've got some of the biggest donors in the entire country and you still keep losing these games they are getting fed up with jimbo fisher out there um that's a that is a seat that is definitely definitely warming up and uh you know they they expect more for for everything that they have going for them out there they expect more than than what texas a&m is giving them right now yeah, I, I honestly can't figure either of these teams out. I don't think Tennessee is that good, but I think Joe Milton is good for one or two very, very explosive plays a game because we all know how far he can throw the the football. Um, yeah, Texas A&M has just been disappointing. I thought they might have figured something out. Um, their starting quarterback gets hurt against Auburn. Max Johnson comes in. He looks good. He did not look good in this game. Uh, and it, Texas A&M is... I don't know. Like Tom said, they have all the resources you could want, and just year after year, yeah. they cannot get it yeah. done. They continue continue to fall short. Elsewhere in the SEC, the SEC East saw a clash between a six or a five and one Missouri team and a five and one number twenty four Kentucky team. Kentucky looked like they were going to run away with this. They led fourteen nothing in the first quarter. Then Missouri snapped back into it, scored seventeen unanswered points in the second quarter, uh, to, and then. 18 points to zero points in that fourth quarter. 38 to 21. Missouri is bowl eligible. They're six and one. They are two and one in the SEC. They still got an outside chance at an SEC championship appearance if no. something happens with Georgia down the stretch. But Kentucky, they, they I don't know what Rough. happened to them on Saturday. I, I I will say this first of all about Missouri. Hands down, the biggest surprise. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, of, of this was a prove it year. This was a year that if if uh, Eli Drinkwitz yeah. did not have a good year, he was out. Yeah. Um, I mean, a team that was picked down around the bottom with uh, with Florida and Vanderbilt in the East, and uh, they they have definitely been a huge surprise. We'll see if they can keep it going. I mean, they obviously they they're going to run into some very very tough competition mm-hmm. uh, coming up, but. Um, yeah, I mean, big win for them. Uh, for Kentucky, ah, man, yeah, it's just it's one of those um, – just don't really know what to think about that because it's like one weekend they look so daggum good and you're just singing the praises of, of Stoops and 
and yeah, I mean everything just seems so great up there in Lexington. And then they turn around and lose to Missouri. It's like, I'm, man, just can't put a can't get a real pulse on what's going on with that Kentucky team right now. The the thing about Kentucky, I, I will say this: is you look at the coming into this past weekend or coming into that Georgia game, they'd beaten. Ball State forty four to fourteen. That was an ugly. If if you look at that box score, that's an ugly forty four to fourteen. They right. only beat Eastern Kentucky by eleven points, twenty eight to seventeen, thirty five to three against Akron. But again, another ugly win. Right. And then you you played Vanderbilt forty five to twenty eight before you hit that Florida game. Florida was their first real test. They looked really good against Florida, and then they just got whooped against Georgia. And then they, it didn't get any better this past week against Missouri. And so Kentucky's a, a team that, you know, like you said, can't figure them out. I don't think anybody can really figure them out because they've their early season non-conference games were not against anybody that you would, you know, think that you'd say, oh, they should be putting up 50 points on these teams. They weren't. And it, it was getting out of hand late when, when teams were starting to get tired and, and their, their depth was showing. Uh, finally, then the SEC this weekend, Florida, one win away from a bowl game after beating South Carolina 41-39. to A last few seconds score gave that Florida Gators the win, and the tumble continues for South Carolina, a South Carolina team that a lot of people have pretty high hopes on this year. I, I'll admit it. I, I was one of them. I said they had an outside chance at, uh, at being in the competition for that, that SEC championship game at the end of the year. But uh, they have not looked good. Two and four on the year, one and three in SEC play. Yeah, Beamer, Beamer Ball has struggled this year, and uh, uh, yeah, I mean that's kind of a, a disappointment considering how they finished the season last year. You felt like they had momentum going, but they've really kind of fallen off. And then uh, Florida is, you know, uh, man, just a Jekyll and Hyde type team right there. Uh, again, you don't know what to expect from them. It is a team that's picked near the bottom of the East. Uh, they've had some good wins, but they've had some atrocious losses. And you just, it, yeah, I mean, you just don't really know what Florida team is going to show up from week to week. I mean, it's a team that wins here. They could play Georgia here in a couple of weeks and just get their doors blown off and then turn around and beat somebody that you didn't think they were going to beat. So you just, it's hard to, hard to kind of like Kentucky, it's hard to get a pulse on them just because they're so up and down. Yeah, I think Billy Napier is in the midst of fighting for his job. Uh, he, he's a guy that he, they're recruiting well. That's about the only thing you can say. And the on-field results have not come yet for Florida. And they thought they were going to get some some good stuff this year. They just haven't. Um, I don't know. Florida – Billy Napier, like I, like I said, the, the, the last couple of games that Florida plays this year are going to decide whether or not Billy Napier gets another year. Big weekend of SEC football this past weekend. Another one coming up this coming weekend featuring the third Saturday in October up in Tuscaloosa as well as Auburn and Ole Miss this coming weekend. We'll talk more about those games as the week goes on. Right now it's time to hit another break in our show. When we come back, it's what we do every single Monday, best and worst of the weekend right after this. Want to call into the show? Send us your thoughts via email. You've got mail. Sports call at the tiger.fm. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
back here on Sports Call on a Monday. I'm Brooks Childress filling in for Ryan LaVoy. He'll be back tomorrow with a brand new edition of Sports Call. I'll be with him. Tom will be with me. And I him. will. Brant, this is your last show for the week. Yeah, it is. So uh, I'll we'll get your thoughts on Auburn and Ole Miss here in a few minutes. Mm. First, I want to tell you the last note that I have, and it's the Auburn defense. Eugene Asante on Saturday surpassed 100 tackles for his career. He had 62 at North Carolina. He now has 110 tackles. He had 12 tackles on Wednesday on Sunday Saturday night. I'll get there eventually, which tied a career high. So Eugene Asante, big part of that Auburn defense on Saturday night. He's good. He is very good. He did get runt over though. He did. He did get runt over. Made the tackle though, but he got runt over. <laughs> Made the tackle, but didn't look good doing it. Uh, 334-887-341 locally, toll free one triple eight nine tiger 9 if you want to get on the orthopedic clinic phone line. Before we get to best and worst of the weekend, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but I want to give a quick uh, overview. The AP men's basketball poll came out. The preseason poll came out for the first time this year. Uh, your top five, uh, some of the usual suspects, Kansas number one, Duke number two, Purdue up at number three, Michigan State at number four. Marquette makes the preseason top five this year. Uh, the Golden Eagles up there in Milwaukee. SEC teams that made the top, the top 25, Tennessee at number 9, Arkansas at number 14, Texas A&M at number 15, Kentucky at number 16, and then you go down the list a little bit more, Alabama coming in at number 24, future SEC member Texas at number 18. Uh, others receiving votes in the SEC, Auburn was the top SEC team uh, receiving votes with 27 votes. Mississippi State, a couple spots behind them at number 20. Missouri, back behind them, six uh, received six votes. And the Florida Gators received two votes to be in the top 25 this year. And so that is a look at your AP men's basketball poll, first one of the year. And uh, we look forward to basketball season getting underway here in about a month uh, from now. Bruce Pearl and that team continues to uh, warm up and get prepared. And I think SEC Media Days is uh, this Thursday and Friday for basketball. Yeah. Um, very uh, – very, uh, the AP ranking is one thing. The Ken Palm computer ranking actually has Auburn, I think, 15th. Okay. So uh, the Ken Palm is that one that everybody looks at because it's that computer-generated yep. poll. They have Auburn at 15th, which I think is the, the highest rating that Auburn has ever had uh, starting preseason on the Ken Palm poll. So uh, some excitement there. Um, going to be some new faces to, to get used to, but uh, looking forward to it. It's going to be a fun season to see how, uh, how Auburn does, and especially he does right out of the gate because you got a big test with that Baylor team. Oh, yeah. Baylor, I've uh, uh, closed out of it now, but Baylor was a preseason top 25 yeah. team. Uh, you also have USC coming to Neville Arena in December. They're a preseason top 25 team as well. So big test in the non-conference before Auburn hits that conference play. Uh, Virginia Tech, also a team that Auburn's playing. They're receiving votes as well. Uh, before we move on, or before we get to the end of our show here in a few minutes, it's time for the best and worst of the weekend. Now, time for the best Woo-hoo! and worst no! 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 of the weekend. We do it every Monday, best and worst of the weekend here on Sports Call. Brant, you were unsure what yours was going to be, so we'll start over on the corner with Tom. Best and worst of the weekend, sir. Oh, man. I'll, you know, I'll say a, a best of the weekend, I guess, would have to be the uh, that, that Colorado-Stanford game. Just, that got the weekend started. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, what a heck of a game that was. Just in – you thought it was over, and Stanford just kept 
nipping and nipping yeah. and nipping and nipping at their heels. And it was like, man, you kind of felt that game getting away from Colorado. And dadgum, if it didn't. And then, of course, you top it off with just the amazing catch where the the wide receiver has it caught behind the guy's helmet and mm. goes into the end zone with him. Uh, just an epic game. I, I don't like the fact that people are ha-ha-ha and at Deion Sanders and all that. I, I don't like that. That was just an epic game. That that game was incredible. Uh, an incredible comeback by Stanford. So, I, I got great home, way to start the weekend. I got home from high school football Friday night, turned on the TV as Stanford scored their first touchdown in that second half. Right. And I said, all right, well, let me go. You know, I'm going to go take a shower, uh, come back in here, finish this one out. Uh, Colorado's got it up. And I came back in and Stanford was back more in it. And I said, all right, this is going to be a, this could be something. And then they just kept getting back in it, kept getting back in it. And man, it was it was it was very, very fun. Uh, a Stanford team that has been down the past few years. They may have found a quarterback, though, this, yeah. this weekend. He, he looked, the, the guy they finally went with, uh, the, I think they've been moving, like switching him and out, uh, him and the other guy in and out, and they stuck with him this time, right. and it, it paid dividends. Uh, so that was your best of the weekend. Um, we're, we're, so started off the weekend with a great um, – started off the weekend with a great best, ended the weekend with a worst, uh, and – Got to go with the Jalen Hurts performance for the Eagles against the Jets. That was atrocious for for a team and a quarterback that are supposed to be that good and playing against the Jets. Uh, that was bad. Uh, three interceptions. Uh, his passing yards were still okay, but man, three three picks against the Jets, and you end up getting beat. Um, oof. So, yeah, Jalen Hurts. His performance against the Jets was my worst of the weekend. Brant. Hello. Have you decided? Uh, yeah, I'm going to okay. go with Oregon-Washington as my best of the weekend. Okay. I think that was by far the marquee game. Yes, it, Stanford and Colorado was incredible, to not take away from what Tom said. But I, I think that you saw in that game two teams that have legitimate national championship hopes come down to the wire. Uh, you saw some questionable but understandable coaching decisions that were made as well. Um, all around, just an incredible game. Uh, Michael Penix and... Bo Nix going back and forth uh, was a lot of fun to watch. And you've yet – the Pac-12, I said it earlier, the Pac-12 is in its last season, and it's choosing its last season to be its best season. <laughs> uh, it's just a lot of fun. There's a lot of good teams in the Pac-12 right now, and those two facing off last week uh, was incredible. We apparently think that USC, speaking of good teams in the Pac-12, maybe not as good as we thought. They kind of got exposed against Notre Dame. Well, you knew their defense was bad, right? But then Caleb Williams didn't have a good game either. Yeah, yeah, he looked turbo bad. Which, which makes me wonder: is is Penix now your Heisman front runner? I think so. I think yeah, I think so. I'll be Regardless of what happened in that game, unless Caleb Williams threw for five touchdowns, I think that the winner of Oregon Washington would be the Heisman front runner at the moment. I'll be honest: after a couple weeks in, I put I put Penix at number one anyway because yeah. of his, just the numbers he was putting right. up was it's staggering. Insane. It's insane. Uh, so that was your best. What was your worst? My worst. I mean, can I can I say Auburn's offense? I mean, you can. <laughs> I mean, I, Tom I, I don't. I don't. That's bad. I haven't thought about it enough, and nothing incredible happened for me to say anything different. So I'm just going to say Auburn's offense was really, really bad. There seems to be very little direction. The players are not good. The play calls are not good. I disagree with a lot of the scheme. Uh, yeah, all around, got to be better. Got to be better. I think there's plenty of blame to be thrown around in that. All right, best and worst of the weekend. We've heard from the other two. Let's hear from from yours truly. My best of the weekend. I'll go with this. Uh, uh, the going and experiencing the the pumpkin patch yesterday. The the fall festival down at the farm at Rocky Top. 
um, mainly because it's the first time I've been back there. Me and uh, me and the wife Grace have been back there since we got married there. That that's the venue that we got married at. They do a fall festival. They do a Christmas festival too. Uh, but that was the first time we'd gone back there since we'd gotten married almost six months ago. Six months this Sunday, actually, uh, it will be uh, uh, since we got married. And so that was nice. And it obviously didn't look like it did at the on the wedding day. There was a lot more pumpkins around, uh, a lot more inflatable blow up things for the little kids to jump on. But uh, that was fun. That was uh, it was a fun time out there. Beat her in cornhole. Uh, she did not score a point on me in cornhole. Um <laughs> And so, you didn't go easy on her. No, I didn't. Nice. Uh, it's listen. She challenges me, and she said, "You know, she's talking. When she wins, she talks some smack." So I got to let her know who's. You know, like, I got to let her know. Sometimes. She she can have some things, but when it comes to cornhole, yeah, you got her. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Love cornhole. Uh, that was my best of the weekend. Worst. Three oh five yesterday afternoon. I sat down to watch my New England Patriots, <laughs> expecting the worst. Got the worst, and then got the worst. It got worser because. You know, we. I was like, <laughs> it got worse, sir. It got worse, sir, because it was Jimmy Garoppolo, the former Patriots quarterback, uh, playing against the playing against us. And so I was like, all right, if he beats us, fine. He got hurt. So you know who came out and ended up beating the Patriots? I know. Brian Hoyer, former Patriot. Brian Hoyer, wow. former New England Patriot that was on the roster to begin this season. Brian Hoyer beat the New England Patriots yesterday. Yeah. The, the so the Patriots are just not good right now. Nope. Huh? Mac Jones is terrible. Mac Jones. Mac Jones is, is uh, the rainwater at the bottom of a dumpster at the I'm, moment. I'm just I'm upset because under Josh McDaniels he was he was decent and then McDaniels left to be the the Vegas head coach and just we haven't been able to figure it out since. Oh, you and I, Brooks, have started this game. Well, I've started this game, and you've become an unwilling participant. Uh-huh. Of On Mondays, after the Patriots' loss, in which Mac Jones looks like the gum under your shoe, mm. um, I ask you, would you rather have Mac Jones right now or 2021 Cam Newton when he was a Patriot? Which yeah. he, he was he was not good as a Patriot. Cam Newton had no, a bad he year when he, when he was playing for the Patriots. But every week you get closer and closer to saying Cam that year was better than Mac right now. Every week. I'm just waiting for the time where you're like – yeah, I'd rather have Cam right you now. Can see the, you can see the gears turning in my head. Yeah. Uh, so that was Because our, the first week you were like, I, I, I don't know. Cam was so bad. And he was. And then the next week you were like, man, they're, they're about equal. And this week you were like, I, uh, and you didn't give a real answer. So that was our best and worst of the weekend. I'll give you a quick bonus worst of the weekend. Mm. Uh, and I'm not, uh, listen, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not hating on the kid unless he deserves it. <laughs> but Friday night, and I'm going back to the Colorado game, Friday night, Shadur Sanders was posting about his merch at halftime. Yeah. Now, listen. Saw that. Listen. I don't know if it was scheduled. It could have been a scheduled Instagram post that went out. Or he could have some someone that's running his Instagram anyway. And it's like, oh, halftime's a good time. We're, you know, we're beating them. I'll go ahead and post this. So it couldn't, like, we don't know if it was actually him. But the fact that you're in the middle of a game and it's posting on Instagram, and I don't care if it's scheduled or if that, the, the optics, look. the optics of it is not. And then you go, and what made it worse is you went and blew the lead and did not win the ball game. That's what made it worse. I don't, listen, he's a great quarterback. I would I would take him over Mac Jones on the Patriots <laughs> right now. But I, it's just, it's the optics around yeah. having a Should post go Sanders out. Should Sanders or 2021 Cam Newton? Well, well the, thing, the thing is, I, I'm, I am going to assume that there's probably somebody running that account for him and that's not what I him. Would, that's what I would assume I'm as assume, well. The other thing that I assume that is, there has been video of how strict Deion Sanders is about having people having cell phones yeah. out 
uh, in the locker room and things like that. He he does not tolerate it. Tolerate that. Now, does he give preferential treatment to his son? I would hope not. Um, but I mean, Dion is, is like I said, Dion is very very strict about the no phone, no cell phones inside the locker room. You know, he, he there's video of it where he's like, you know, if you've got time to be on your phone, you know, then you're not locked in and yeah. You know, so I can't imagine that Shadour was just sitting there in the locker room on his phone again doing that. If, if it's just it's it's mainly the optics. If sure. you had it scheduled, or if you have somebody running it, you need to tell them do not post it during the game because right. that's going to look like I posted it right. because it is on my account and I'm supposed to be locked in. And if people see that and something happens, it's going to look right. bad optically. And then people saw that and then yep. something happened. That's right. Uh. So that's our best and worst of the weekend, plus the bonus worst of the weekend from me. When we come back, we wrap up the show with the nightly TV guide right after this. The Sports Call crew wants to hear from you. Give us a phone call at 334-887-3401. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Final segment here on Sports Call. Tiger 95.9, the Tiger.fm. I'm Brooks Childress, Brant Daughtry, Tom Peavy. Howdy. I filled in all day. Went to the bullpen. We did go to the bullpen. Ryan will be back tomorrow. Is there going to be a Monday where you're not going to be here and Ryan's not going to be here? Are we going to have to go deeper into the bullpen let me host the show? Uh, not in the foreseeable future. Okay. You want that to happen? Uh, I mean, not necessarily I, I, I want it to it happen. happen. I can just I, not show up. No, no, no. You're good, man. Um, I can Because I, I, like I've hosted the show before. I can do it. I can take the day off. That's okay. Brant, you know what? I'll take the day off for you. How about that? All right. For your cool. sake, I will take the day off. Awesome. Thanks. I'll man. make that sacrifice. Much appreciated. Wrapping up a, a Monday edition of Sports Call. It's not what I wanted to happen. <laughs> you threw it out there. So I, th- I threw it out there as like, a, I haven't asked you this question yet. And yeah. this is something that I should ask you during a break. Uh-huh. But we're just talking at this point because yeah. it's the end of the show. And you didn't get the answer you wanted. And you know what? You wouldn't have gotten the answer I, you wanted. There, was not an, there wasn't an answer that I wanted. Oh, there yeah? was just like, hey, answer this because I need to be aware. Well, would you like an answer that you do want? You know what the question is that you want to know the answer to? I, I'm confused. What's on TV tonight? Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. I don't actually really funny if you played the wrong hotkey there. I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know if this is what you want the answer to, but I'm going to get Brooks. To I do want. I want. What's on TV tonight, Brooks? Well, I'll tell you. That I can enjoy with a White Claw hard seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the movie picks for you on the night tonight's nightly TV guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Six o'clock on HBO SG. It's The Born Ultimatum, starring Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Then at six forty, this is more up Brant's alley on FXM. It's The Greatest Showman. I do enjoy The Greatest Showman. I love Hugh Jackman. Zach Efron. He's really good Hugh in Jackman. that movie. Zendaya. My celebrity crush at the moment. Uh, Seven o nine p.m. on FX. Ryan Reynolds stars in The Proposal I'll along with Sandra Bullock. Mm. Uh, I've never seen the proposal, but it's a, it's it has a, it has a cast that I would enjoy. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And then seven ten on Disney, it's your uh, family pick of the evening. Frozen two is on tonight. You a Frozen guy, Brant? Uh, 
I think it's overhyped, but I do think it's a good movie. Uh, and then your picks Frozen Two also a good movie. Your sports picks this evening, seven o'clock on TBS. It is the MLB NLCS Diamondbacks and Phillies game one. Uh, Braves should have been <laughs> seven fifteen on ESPN Monday Night Football. The Cowboys is at the Chargers, and then later on tonight eight thirty on ESPNU. It is some athletes unlimited women's volleyball action yeah. for you if you're into uh, some some volleyball action. And that is United TV Guide brought to our friends at White Claw Hard Seltzer. Brant, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. We'll see you later this week. Yeah, you will. Tom, thank you for being here today. I enjoyed it. We'll see you tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Good job out of the bullpen. Thank you. I'm Brooks Childress. Brant, Tom, joining me on this program today. Ryan will be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Sports Call, and we will talk to you then.